And now, introducing the man who's issued a public apology that he was unable to attend the Orioles' home opener as he acknowledges there would have been no chance they'd have had the game if it had not been for the, quote, I just ruined it all. And it was funny. Was it, though? I'm going to run it back. I'm going to. It gonna. sounded just hey, really. Hey, you'll see. Voice of the Army over there. You'll see. God. This is going to be great. Will it be? <clears throat> My apologies. Fats Russell Jr. in the rundown. He's not, that's not his name. And now, introducing the man who's issued a public apology. He was unable to attend the Orioles' home opener as he acknowledges there would have been no chance they'd have lost the game if he had been in the stands and, quote, distracting the Boston players with my cleavage, unquote. In response to accusations that he had been doctoring audio recordings from his show, he acknowledged there had been some content removed but insisted, quote, if you had any idea how ridiculous some of the things my producer said, you would fully understand, unquote. He is Glenn Clark. Right, it wasn't worth it. Is it because it's Anthony Levine Jr.? Is that why you're so thrown off? I don't know what's Very going well on could today. Be. What, what, well what could happened? Be. We've had what some happened? juniors on the show this week. Yeah, that's and fine. And I applied it to Fats the wrong Russell one. definitely is not one of them. I wish it was. Don't know why you keep going back to that. Also, you need to fix my camera. Who keeps doing this? I, I don't think anybody's oh, is it doing zoom? it. It's the it's Zoom, the zoom thing. Yeah. Yes, where it zooms in on my face. That needs to be adjusted. We need to make sure we have those things taken care of. Those are important things. Because people don't apparently they, don't want to like see you. up my nose. Not something well, they want to see. I don't think see. we have that camera installed yet. Ah, yeah, yeah. Good morning. Hi from Welcome. the Chesapeake Employers Insurance Studio of Pressbox. Chesapeake Employers Insurance, your workers' compensation insurance specialist. This is Glenn Clark Radio. I'm Glenn Clark. He's Kyle Ottenheimer. We have much to do on a Friday edition of the program. Coming up a little bit in just a few minutes, in fact, Anthony Levine Jr., indeed. Uh, he re-signed with the Baltimore Ravens this week, one of the extraordinarily few players left from the last Super Bowl title. It's amazing. Like We used to do that math on the first Super Bowl title. Now we're doing that math on the last Super Bowl title. It ain't much. I mean, it is. It Born, is. Right? Well, with Morgan Cox gone now, McPhees, does he count? I mean, but he was gone and came back. He I, counts, I mean, he, I, guess. I guess technically. I, so it's Cook. Yeah, it's Cook. Tucker, it's Tucker, Purnell, and Levine, and right? Jimmy Smith. Yes, so That's five. Five, but Purnell was like tech. We're we're kind of using a technicality sure. to count uh, Purnell McPhee on that because he departed and then returned. It ain't a lot. That's the reality. It ain't a lot. But um, we will uh, we will talk to Anthony Levine. Brian Powell says, "Wow, that's probably the earliest you've lost your perfect game and no hitter." That's well, just I not don't true. Think that's true. We've, we've done it regularly. Lost the perfect it. game and or new no hitter before the show began. And there's been instances where, but this was setting I play up. the Nick song and it's still muted. Mm -hmm. That's probably the earliest we could do it. No, you've also like sent put wrong things. Oh, in the we've also been before. running on the wrong. Uh, yeah, there's been lots of things that oh have happened yeah. before the show he ever is, began. Yeah, that's yeah. just wrong, yeah. Brian. <laughs> right? Come on, man. Don't you feel stupid? <laughs> we screw up all the time. God. Uh, also, later on this morning, Fats Russell, who's not a junior, for some reason Kyle is obsessed with making <laughs> him one. It's a very strange bit. Well, comes in here this morning. It's Fats Russell Jr. Right? I'm like, what? Right. What? What are you not, talking about? It's not. I I told him no, and yet he still put it in the rundown. Yeah, well. 
Sometimes really weird bit. You gotta speak it into existence. Fats Russell is coming to Maryland to play point guard. He was high school teammates with Dante Scott in Philadelphia. Um, and he uh, had a very nice run at Rhode Island, and now he's transferring in with the hopes of lifting the University of Maryland. We'll chat with him coming up at about 11, and then uh, later in hour number two, Mayor Brandon Scott is going to join us. He, of course, threw the first pitch yesterday. We'll talk about that, the future of the Orioles, other topics. We don't do – I know some of you are going to be bothered. We don't – I'm, I'm not doing anything different with Brandon Scott than I do with any other po- political guest that we have on this program. We do sports topics. QA non first. Right. No, no, we don't do that at all. <laughs> we do, the other stuff is for somebody else. We do sports topics here. So if you're looking to me to grill Brandon Scott about Policy. the police budget yeah. or whatever, you're going to the wrong place. We do sports, and there are places where sports and politics intersect, as we've been talking about a lot this year with the Jordan McNair Safe and Fair Play Act, Ooh, as we talked about for yards. a year with, the, with, Pimli- with Pimlico. We will discuss these things that are sports adjacent with the politicians, but I don't do that show. Other people might. You wanna if you wanna listen to you know BAL or whatever it is. There are plenty of people that are doing that. I we don't do that here. We They're do not sports. quite as sexy as either. You know? Well, I don't know if that's true. I, I think you might be. Well, the OnlyFans is dropping soon, right? Uh, it should have been dropped months ago when Stein was in here. I don't know what the hell we were thinking. <laughs> Uh, so all that coming up on a Friday edition of the program. Today's show is also brought to you by Glory Days Grill. I have wonderful news to report. News, news. As Glory Days Grill is celebrating their 25th anniversary, which, first of all, happy anniversary, Glory Days Grill. May you live forever. Glory Days Grill has decided to keep the smoky thigh wings on the menu, at least for now. I can't tell you whether or not it's permanent. But smoky thigh wings remain on the menu at Glory Days Grill. Uh, Some other things that are available right now. How about the zucchini fries, the double bacon and cheddar burger? Man, what could be better than bacon and cheddar? How about double bacon and cheddar? Now you have my attention. A barbecue chicken bowl with ancient grains. Ancient grains? Mm. The strip steak, steak sandwich. Say that ten times fast. Strip steak sandwich. Strip steak. It's yep, pretty tough, exactly actually. right. Pretty you can't do it. It's the strip. Stru- yeah, strip steak sandwich. And they're doing a silver anniversary IPA to celebrate their 25th anniversary at your neighborhood Glory Days Grill, Edgewater, Eldersburg, Ellicott City, Frederick, Glen Burnie, Pasadena, uh, the one at Nursery Road by BWI right here. Or not here, but the one that I go to anyway in Towson. For your neighborhood, Glory Days Grill, glorydaysgrill.com. Yes, opening day or re- home, whatever you want to call it. Home yesterday, opener. No, you don't call it that. You're just well, a liar. Um, <laughs> did obviously did not go the way that we had hoped that it would go. Such is life. It's the way things go. Matt Harvey was meh. I mean, like. Limited if, damage at times. If, 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 if your thought process was Matt Harvey has zero left, you could talk yourself into saying, well, He's been slightly more than zero, so he's outperformed expectations. If you thought Matt Harvey was going to be a quality starter in a major league rotation, no. I mean, he's he's just not that. That's That time has come and gone. My father said he reminded him of Rick Sutcliffe in the way that he's got some experience. 
But Rick, he's not. Rick Sutcliffe was way better than I Matt Harvey. I agree with that. I said, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I think chances are Rick Sutcliffe probably had set a better example throughout the course of his career than Matt Harvey. Well, Rick, I mean, at, here in at, like at, at this, like at the point of the career when they arrived oh, in Baltimore, no Rick yeah. Sutcliffe, he was a, despite being older than Matt yeah. Harvey is at this he, point, thirty-six starts is one year. The first year in Baltimore, yeah, not Rick stellar, Sutt- but he Rick, was four-four-seven. Yeah, but he was, he was, yeah, that's th- about as correct, good as you could ever dream of. Pitching into games and no doubt. The whole deal. 230 innings. Yeah, I mean, like, this, you can't compare these two. I tend to agree, but Um, that's what he said. And he's older than me, so I defer to him on to an extent. But like I tend, I mean, Harvey well, I, is. I, I, I mean, I remember Rick Sutcliffe in Baltimore. He pitched um, the first ever game at Camden Yards. He did. That's a fact. There was a shutout. Yeah, I mean, Harvey's good enough to did not. Did I throw it against? Who the opponent was? Uh, there's. I'm trying to think of the poster. It's at the. I want to say the Twins, but I don't think it's not the Twins. Uh, I don't know who it is. The Cleveland Indians. Um, but he's serviceable right like he's at best serviceable yeah at best serviceable and that's still you're squinting to try to get serviceable out of look i expected him to not get through one inning yesterday frankly after he started the way he did and there was two guys on but you're you're moving the goalpost but we still remember the days of orioles good yeah i'm not forget we're not so far removed from the days where we used to just dream of having a five or six inning start where they only allow three runnings right yeah isn't that kind of the standard over here yeah Eh. Oh, excuse me. You're, you're, excuse you're seriously me. moving the goalpost to try to feel better about Matt Harvey. Man. He looks pretty svelte. Okay, what does that mean? <laughs> Maybe he's doing well with the ladies. Uh, cool. I don't, I don't know what we're doing here. He's dude. trying to make Matt Harvey feel good. Why, you know? why are you trying to why, – why are you so interested Orioles, in Glenn. trying to defend Matt I Harvey? I defend Orioles. He's not really, though. Uh, lifetime. This is like when, when Jimmy Clausen was the Ravens quarterback, and people are like, I couldn't root against the Ravens. I'm like, dude, well, you're not. You're rooting name, against you know? Jimmy Clausen. Was Jimmy Clausen the Dark Knight? Yeah, he wasn't the Dark Knight here. I assure you of that. Well, That's not a thing. <laughs> we keep trying to make Matt Harvey Jimmy be Clausen Matt Harvey. looked like an ostrich. Okay. Did you see his picture, or the rival's picture, back in the day when oh, he was I a did. heavily recruited? I did see that. I did boy, see oh boy. That. Yeah, that's something. I like. I. I just. It doesn't bother me in any way because Matt Harvey's not an Oriole. I'm. Like this is the. Well, I don't know what you're talking about. He's like, not. Like we. We have play to, the game with Patrick Stevens in 15 years. Thank you. We have to be capable of doing this as humans. As humans, we have to be capable of saying. And I. I had this conversation. Remember the season when Joe Flacco got hurt and people got so butt hurt. That I said I am openly rooting for the Ravens to lose games. I remember, and I people here. were all angry, and Ravens fans were all up in arms. And I said these aren't the Ravens because the guy that's playing quarterback isn't a Raven. He's a mercenary. He's a guy that came in to get you through until you get a Raven back playing. At least he's well read, though. You know. Thank you. It's it's nice when you have a well read mercenary. Okay. I it's it's different. It's called Ryan Fitzpatrick. For example, by the way. I. I'm far more emotionally invested when John Means pitches. Of course, even John, Bruce Zimmerman. John, more, but not yet. He's, not, he's, but it's somebody who is at least reflective of I, I, the organization. But it, but it still goes back to what we talked about at the beginning of the season. Bruce Zimmerman isn't part of the story until he yet. is. Until he is, he's not part of the story. Okay, Mr. Negative Dean pants. Kramer's not part of the John Means has elevated himself it. to a place where... In some form or fashion, yeah, he's a guy that would he be in the rotation of, the story. of, Correct. of Either, 95% of the teams in baseball. It, but it's not even just that he's, it's that it can fit with the timeline. Freddie Galvis could, is a good baseball player, but he's not an Oriole either. I don't he's know. a mercenary. For what it's worth, I, I, th- I, think, I think I agree with about means in the timeline. But what is he, 27? 
I, I don't know if he's going to be here or not. My point is, in some form or fashion, I understand. Either, you can project or at least see the scenario. Either he could be here. Yes. By the way, I think he's a little bit younger than that. I think I he was a 25-year-old rookie, if I'm not mistaken. I thought he was a 24-year-old rookie for some reason. Well, we will find out in just a second, I imagine. He is, you're right, 27. Right. He's, oh, actually, he's 28 in, in, in two days. That's two, where, two weeks. That's he's where I'm not weeks. sure, yes. right? Oh, I'm, I'm not, I hear you. But, but, I, you but understand, I understand. What I'm saying isn't that he's definitely going to be here when it, it comes to fruition. You could conceivably see it. It's that his success is significant because either he could or, or he's a trade asset. Exactly right. I get it. So when John Means pitches, I'm invested. It matters. He's an Oriole. Even in this gross time, he's an Oriole. Matt Harvey is not an Oriole in any form or fashion. He happens to be pitching for the Orioles right now. For the time being, no matter what he does, he is not changing anything about this. So to your point that I'm more invested in Bruce Zimmerman, yeah, I'm more invested, but still not really. There's one pitcher I'm invested in. It's the one guy that's a pitcher. Armstrong. Yes, that's them. God, what a brutal day that was. When when Grayson Rodriguez gets here, obviously I'll be damn well invested in Grayson Rodriguez. But I'm not. I can't pretend that, like I'm bothered in any way by Matt Harvey or that even if he had pitched well, I would be all that moved by I Matt mean, Harvey I pitching will, well. I will. I don't know whether it's me being optimistic, ignorant, naive. You, you, you call it what you want. I will hold out hope until they have absolutely combusted and are nothing at all that a player could find value and turn themselves into a trade asset even if for meager return at the deadline, right? Like, I want to believe there's a world in which the Orioles could turn Matt Harvey into a trade deadline acquisition. And okay, I understand this you're is... Being, I know. This, it's I know. just so absurd. I mean, that's I mean, so absurd. it's a absurd. hopeful thing. It's a way for me to be like monitor his progress if but you want to call it that you can but in order for us to have that conversation you have to be willing to acknowledge how ridiculous that I is i can acknowledge that it's a one in i don't even know how big the number is i mean is, it's right? like, it's neighborhood of one in a million dude it's i want to believe it's lower than that but, but it's, it's it not. might not be the but it evidence might not be. is overwhelming it's not People that get desperate for pitching right like yes, but not nat harvey desperate well they didn't want to sign matt harvey when it didn't cost you something i get it i get it but he's looked no, don't do this. Don't try to sit here and pretend like there's anything there. Stop. He's been better than I expected him, but I but get that it. It's still not mean good anything. enough. It's that means nothing. Well, Come on, dude. I want to believe. What, I mean, what does that mean, you want to believe? It's that if they're going to have a guy trotting out there every fifth day, I will at least want to subscribe. Ascribe? Uh, I mean, subscribe, probably. No, I, think I don't there's ascribe is a word. I mean, it might be, but I, think I don't that's know. That's what I'm trying to say. I don't know. Ascribe some sort of. Attribute something to his ascribe. I'm not sure yeah. if that. Some sort of meaning. Oh, okay. In that to context? that, like, yeah, start. To maybe. try to at least view it through the prism of okay, but the again, bigger it, picture. It, there's, there's two different things that are going on here. There's the thing that I talked about a couple of days ago, which is just hope for the sake of hope, right? Sure. Like, not based in any reality whatsoever. Just. Who the hell knows? We're doing this. It's early on. What the hell? But it's Versus hope. having a practical discussion about anything, and there being absolutely zero evidence that there is anything relevant about when Matt Harvey pitches for the Baltimore Orioles. There's hope, zero. Though, but there's hope. It, the hope is not about Harvey, right? The hope is about, and it's the reason why I'm excited for Zimmerman starts. It's the reason why I am... I guess optimistic or far more optimistic about this developmental system than any, right? The the belief that this organization for once now 
at least understands how to maximize the players that they have, right? Like they can figure out, they understand delivery, they understand spin rate, they can try to crack but, a code. But, but there's a difference between being able to develop players versus being Recl handed garbage and, and thinking that you can do something with that. Matt Harvey's garbage. Matt Harvey might be the nicest guy on the face of the planet. I don't think he's supposed I, to be, but whatever. I mean, I, I've heard varying right. things. He certainly wasn't that Dan <laughs> Patrick interview once upon a time. I'm not trying to like disparage Matt Harvey the human being, but we can't pretend like he's a major league pitcher no. anymore. He's also not somebody he's that not. I realistically have much hope ascribed to right, in the first place, right? Like, But I still... When he's wearing an Orioles uniform, of course, I will want him to do well. I, I'm, I'm not, and this is, by the way, it's going to touch on something we're going to get to in a minute, which is my think tank topic today. I, I don't know. I, I'll just tell you. My think tank topic today was I had a, a friend of mine who's an Orioles fan who reached out after the Orioles lost yesterday, and he said, are, are we celebrating? Like what? And, and, and I get what he was trying to say. Mm -hmm. What he was trying to say is at what point do we go from the fun of sweeping Boston to start the season sure to acknowledging, hey, the best thing still is losing as many games as possible because we ain't there yet, mm -hmm. and we need more top talent. At what point do we go from being disappointed to being excited? And my an I don't have a direct answer, right? We've, we've been on the forefront of this particular topic. Some, you know, we were the, if you ain't last, you're last, guys. Sure. We were quitting for wit back when we thought that it was going to be wit. Agreed, um, yeah. We were all of those things, and I don't have the answer right now. I think because I'm beyond the point of expecting. I got a new phone, and I got it. I don't know how to turn off the sound. That sounds pretty fun. I'll get it. I'm beyond the point of expecting and holding the club to. See, it's, it says the sound's off. So why was it making no, that's good. noises? I'm beyond the point of expecting and holding the club to to trying and demanding to be the first overall pick. Now, that said... I don't know if it's demanding. I understand. That said, I am... Whatever the opposite of the cream always rises to the top, mm -hmm. I still tend to think applies here to the Orioles, right? The scenarios where they can fluke their way into a 70... No, I'd be surprised by right, that, but like, we're not talking about I understand. About that. You're talking about if it's the mid-season point and they I, have... I'm, just, I'm talking specifically... By the way, and I think Ivan's the closest to what my answer is. It's really funny that Ivan's going to uh, take my answer before my answer is there. I, it, my answer is far more... Like, I, there's no world. I, this is this is the truth. It's the tr most truthful thing I can give you. When Matt Harvey pitches, frankly, I think I, I, I'm happier that they lost. It's There's nothing damaging about it. But don't you want him to get back on the cover of GQ? No, I don't care at all. I don't give a rat's ass about Matt Harvey. And so the truth was yesterday. Like, I don't know that watching Matt Harvey pitch well in a victory would have ever done anything for me. because Until he is in the one-in-the-million scenario, somebody who that, actually is pitching so well consistently. It's so absurd to think that that's possible, that there's no world in which I'm considering Matt it. Harvey thinks it's possible. Maybe he does. I'm not even sure if he does at this point. When Jorge Lopez pitches, it is easy for me to say I am completely detached from this whatsoever, and there is there is no benefit to me of Jorge Lopez pitching disagree. well. Look, it's more of a sideshow for I'm, Harvey. I'm not – it's tougher with Zimmerman and Kramer because there is that – there is more of that one in a million. There's more of that maybe these guys could. Mm -hmm. Maybe there's some world in which I'm they could. I'm openly rooting I can't them. enjoy it if they go get shelled. But if they do, it's it ain't going to hurt me for sure because as I keep going back to, 
to me, as much as we might like them, they're still not really part of it until they were to prove that they are. I'll always be disappointed when that sort of thing happens. When they get shelled, I'll always be disappointed. It's not going to hurt me. Hurt me is not the right word, but I I will always... I don't think anybody being shelled can be disappointing right now. I mean, John Means. Like, I mean, I could be disappointed if John Means was shelled. I, I can only be disappointed by somebody that I think really could be a part of the story. And so... I, I think the the starting pitchers at the moment are the easiest. And Ivan, that's the, your point is is well taken. I think at this stage you want to see some growth. And the games the likes of Harvey start and they win. It's that's really not good. But wins because of performances by players who are expected to be part of the solution is a good thing. Just something to build on. Like yesterday when Ryan Mountcastle hits a home run, you're absolutely more excited in that moment than if, for example. Freddie Galvis, I'm going to keep coming back to him. Freddie Galvis were to hit a home run. If Pedro, I was far more excited when Ryan Mountcastle hit a home run than when Pedro Severino hit a home run. It just doesn't mean anything to me. I'm detached from that. Pedro Severino is a guy who's here. He's not really an Oriole. He's a guy who's here. Quite count him out for keeping that job. Really? You think think that that's going to be the way that's going to play out? So I'm interested in that. I know we got a uh, we got to call uh, Anthony Levine here, but I'm interested in that, and we'll get back to it as the morning goes along. I want to know where you are in terms of rooting for and rooting against, or not even rooting against. Rooting against the wrong way to say it. Acknowledging what's best. That's that's the part. Like, wh- where really are your emotions after a day like yesterday? Are you able to quickly say, "Yeah, it's for the best." Or are you still disappointed because they had started the season four and two and you were allowing yourself to get carried away and, and dream about what could be? That That's that's what I want to know, and I want to have a more in-depth conversation about that as the morning goes on. Today's show also brought to you by Window Nation. They've got a great offer for you right now. Act now. Beat the rush, and Window Nation will give you 50% off every style window. Bows, bays, picture and garden windows, every style, every color, plus get 0% interest for 18 months, 866-90NATION, windownation.com. Our next guest signed back up another year with the Baltimore Ravens. He is, of course, Super Bowl champ and the co-cap. Always a pleasure to welcome Anthony Levine back to the program. Anthony, it's Glenn and Kyle. It's great to chat with you as always, man. Thanks for taking the time, and congratulations on coming back for another year. Yes, sir, man. I appreciate it, man. You know, it's a blessing. Man, you know, if I had told you when you entered the league, like, you were going to be able to spend a decade with the same franchise, one of the best franchises in football, carving out a role for yourself, being a leader for that team, what would you have told me then? <laughs> I, I probably wouldn't have believed you, honestly. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I can't. Man, sometimes I think about it like, oh, man, I can't believe that, you know, uh, that this is happening. Um, but, you know, that's it happened, so I'm grateful and I'm, you know, I'm thankful for the opportunity that the Baltimore Ravens gave me. I mean, it, it's a really cool story, dude, that, that, that you are – res- you know what really blows me away, bro, is, is the respect that the guys have for you in the locker room. <clears throat> and it doesn't feel like it's just about you being an old head. Let me make that clear, right? Like, it's, it's a genuine appreciation that they turn to you for those things. It was, is there any moment that you look back on in your career – where, like, you say, man, I, I, I had to become a different guy because I started noticing the guys were coming to me for whatever reason. I mean, honestly, I think it just started, man. The, the guys seen the way, the way I work, the way I prepare, um, the, the way that I look to other guys that, that was older than me, and I kind of took what they, what they showed me and taught me, and I kind of added it to, to myself. 
you know, and um, the things that I had to overcome in my career, uh, the injuries I had to play through. And I think guys are seeing that, they're seeing how better tested out um, I am and uh, my testimony and everything that I had to uh, conquer to get to where I'm at. You know, that's a, that's a show um, to my teammates, you know, and then they respect that. And then all of a sudden, man, it just started happening like one by one by one. And uh, I'm I'm just a genuine guy, man. Yeah. Uh, and, and my teammates know that. Well, we've gotten to know that about you and how much you've taken care of this community and, and kids in this community in particular, man. So there's no doubt that you're a genuine guy. One of the things that blows me away is I'll talk to a guy. He'll be like, bro, you know, Anthony gave me this, like, really great piece of advice. Do you ever get nervous when a guy comes to you? Like, you, you, you know, you've got this reputation now of being like – you know, I, I think I saw what, uh, Patrick Queen called you the Wisdom King the other day, right? Like, do you ever get nervous and the guys come to you like, man, I don't know that I have something great to give you right now. Not, man. Uh, you know, when it first started happening, it, it, it was kind of like, because Eric Weddle, you know, I had Eric Weddle. So guys were still coming to me, and I'm like, nah, man, go ahead, see, go ahead, go, go ahead, Weddle. <laughs> you know, I said, I'm the Weddle, you know, the Weddle. And, you know, whether I talk to me like, Gene, man, you know, man, the guy, the guy respects you. Man. I said, man, I know, man, but but you the man. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you, you give a better advice than I can. You know what I'm saying? So it, it, kind, of, it kind of started, it, kind of, it, really, it really started picking up then. And, uh, man, then it got to the point to where, man, I sat down with Harps, and uh, he was just, just, just talking to me and just, just telling me, you know, the, the type of person that I am. Like, like Levine, man, the guys look at you and, you know, this and that. And he just kind of like confirmed it, and I just and then after that moment, man, I just kind of embraced it. It's not that I said I have all that. I give guys my my honest opinion. Yeah. You know, I don't I, I don't sugarcoat it for them. I tell them, I tell them the truth, and um, some some guys are reluctant to take it, and some guys not. I mean, I, you know, and that's all you can ask for. And for these young guys, I know how much it's meant to them, brother. Anthony Levine is with us here on GCR after signing back up. Um, I, I assume that, like, when you get the free agency, all, at this point, all you want is to make sure it's back in Baltimore, right? Like, I, I, I can't fathom that at this point in your career, there's even any thought of, like, boy, I wonder what it might look like somewhere else. Hey, man, what, what, I, what I tell guys all the time is the grass is not green on the other side. Yeah, right? You know what I'm saying? So it's, it's, it's like, man, Baltimore is like, it's like my second home. You know, and uh, now nah, you're right. I'm not. I can't see myself uh, going and somewhere else and playing for another organization. I mean, I really, I really don't want to. And um, the guys know that. And uh, so, you know, I, I really, it's, it's, it, it really be no brainer for me. So, so you guys obviously, the last few years, things have been so good, except for you know coming a little bit short in the postseason. How close do you feel like you guys are as a franchise right now? And 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 are you sort of tasting it? Like, I, I can't depart because we're right there knocking on the door of doing this thing again. No, nah, we, we definitely right there. We just, it, it, it just be those, those that, that little bit, that little bit, we met that little bit more, you know, and now, and I, like, once you, once you get the taste of success, um, you know, you know what it feels like. And all you got to do is, you know, you got you to gotta understand where you got to get better at. And I think now we know that. We know exactly where we got to get better at. And um, I think, you know, Eric DeCosselman, as he's been doing for the last couple of years now, um, has putting um, pieces together. And I think I think this year, you know, he's going he gonna to find a couple more pieces where we need. 
And, uh, you know, I, I think we're really close, and we, we can really make something happen. What does it do to your perspective to have been one of the five guys on this team to have won a Super Bowl before when you try and, and you know, look at and honestly evaluate where you guys stand entering the season? Oh, man, honestly, man, I don't, I don't even look at it. I don't, I don't even look at it like that. Like, because uh, that, cause that, that team was totally different. You know, uh, the things that, that, that we had to accomplish, the things that we had to overcome, um, the leaders that we had, the players that we had, the style of football that we played, like everything was just so different about that team. Um, and now, and now this this football team is completely different, you know. So I never even look look at you know what we had then or what and to what what we have now. You know, the only thing the only thing that that we can compare is probably the chemistry, the brotherhood, the, you know, the, the the way that we were there for each other. Yeah. But other than that, man, it's just kind of and and we have that. You know, so uh, everything else I feel like is, is going to play itself out. All right, you're 34 years old now. Oh, man, why do you have to break And now, hang on a second. In context, though, how are <laughs> how are you feeling about 17 games next season? <laughs> um, Man, I was always told, man, you can control what you can't control. You know, um, so if it's 17 games, you know, I'm going to be out there playing. Uh, is I can't I, I can't control it. You know, it's not. I'm not. I'm not gonna look at it. I'm not gonna be like, man, I don't want to play 17 games. Yeah, I hear you. I'm not gonna. You know what I'm saying? I'm saying I hear man, you. I, I love to play 17 games. You know, if that's what we, if that's what we're playing, that's what we're playing. I, I, you know, I, I, are you at a place where you can where you you understand your body and yourself better than you would have been doing this maybe at 24? <clears> right? Like, it, is it almost a weird way? Like, you're you're better suited for doing it. At, at 34 than you would have been for 24 because you know yourself better at this point. I mean, you, def- you, you definitely know yourself better. And it's, and it's kind of like you understand the things that you got to do to take care of your body and get prepared for what, for what, for what you're about to face. Yep. Back then, I didn't, I didn't really understand that. I didn't really understand because I've never gotten a massage before I even got to, to the league. I never got a massage. Sure. I just, I just played through it. Like, I never went to a chiropractor. <laughs> you know, I never got needle in and grab. I never done none of those things. You know what I'm saying? And now, now it's kind of like okay. Now, now you got you get to take care of your body. You get to you you put you put more into your body to get more out of your body. And who, now I understand that. Who is the guy for you? Like the way that you've become that guy for all these young dudes. Who was that guy for you that that taught you those things and taking care of yourself? And gave you that wisdom that you were gonna need to pass it along to to this group of dudes with the Ravens now. Man, uh, I can't I can't just say you know one guy because uh, I mean a guy that I was really really close to was there as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. But also uh, Eric Weddle. Uh, I mean, it, 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 it was it, it was so many. If I, if I throw you names, you're yeah, like, so, yes, like, right. Yeah. You're gonna leave somebody else. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like James Hedabo, Corey Graham. Like there's so many guys. Ba that that you know that talked to me that, that that gave me wisdom. That that I just took like Eric Reed. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Like those guys, they they talk to me all the time. They they saw they saw something in me that I didn't see in myself. I, and you I, know, like, yeah, I mean, they they probably didn't know you're gonna be still here in 2021. They probably didn't yeah. know that then, man. Not every, every every time I see Ed, Ed will call me, uh, text me, or uh, when I see him when he comes to the to the to the games, you know, he be like, "Boy, you still doing it?" And I'm like, <laughs> "Man, you know, uh, you know what I'm saying." But you know, man, uh, it's just, man, it's just a blessing, man. It's a blessing um, to be doing it, man. But it also tells you about my work ethic. 
you know, and my, and my dedication to my craft. Bro, you're one of my favorite stories um, that we've had with the Baltimore Ravens, dude. You know, it's it's just a you know, you're a guy that's you know, first of all, you've always been good to us, but secondarily, you're you're this is a testament to what guys can accomplish, right? That like nothing defines you, wherever you were drafted, wherever you started, whatever the circumstances were, nothing can define you. You can work and prove who you are and do the things that are necessary and if that's special teams you go do it and you get really good at it so teams have to have you around man and I, I know that's not really a question as much as I'm just telling you you've always been one of my favorite stories for people about when they talk to me who are your favorite players I love the fact that you can be that example to dudes of what you're capable of doing in this league yeah I mean we've got to be willing to, to do whatever the team needs and um Whatever, whatever I'm asked to do, whatever, whatever needs to be done, you know, I, I never shied away from it. You know, even even when it was time for me to go play corner, when I never when I when I never played corner, you know, I had to I, I had to do that. It was like, okay, I'll do it, coach. So whatever you need me to do, I'm doing it. And I think that is the our motto is the more that you can do. So I've never been I've never been in a position to where I'm like, you know what, I can't do that. It was always like. All right, Jeff, that, is that what you need me to do? I'm doing it. So uh, a lot of discussion has been going on around Twitter through the uh, players in general now that there's a bit of a rule change regarding uniform numbers. Mm. I'm mm. wondering, how does it work for these uh, single-digit numbers that are untaken? What is the competition going to be like for who gets those numbers? And if it's, like, seniority... Will we be expecting you to maybe be wearing a different number? Uh, I mean, we're, we can't, I can't imagine you not wearing 41. Right. Like, it's part of your identity now. <laughs> hey, uh, you know what? I, uh, it definitely crossed my mind. Like, <laughs> man, I would love to go back. Because in practice, you know, uh, on Fridays, uh, you know, we wear like, uh, you can wear like any kind of jersey. Wear. Yep. And I always wear like my number my number two jersey because that's what I was in high school. But to actually wear that in the game, I, I – uh, well, no, nah, I wouldn't. Uh, I wouldn't. I wouldn't change my number. No, nah. <laughs> I thought about. It, I, I definitely thought about it. Though I definitely thought about it. And what I what I like to play at least one game, even even if it's a, like a preseason game in number two, I would do that. But to change my number from two from, from two from forty one, nah. I think I think I think like you said, man. Forty one is now like that's just like that's me. Like when you think of forty one. I feel like you think of Anthony Levine. Yeah, I mean, the For Everyone Foundation, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, <laughs> that's what I'm saying, dude. It would be so weird to see you not wearing that number at this point. Yeah, nah, nah, I wouldn't, uh, nah, I wouldn't change it. So do you foresee there being uh, some uh, some sort of competition for any of these numbers once that all is figured out? Uh, yeah, I mean, now, with, especially with the young guys, yeah, the guys that, like, fresh out of, uh, right. Fresh out of college, like the first first year, second year player, maybe third year player. Um, yeah, they'll probably want to change. I don't, I don't, you know what? It, it'll be interesting if Deshaun would change the number. Okay. What did he? Did he I wear? Did he wear four? He was two. He, right? he wore four. Yeah, he, he was four. four. That's what yeah, I thought. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, yeah, that that would that would kind of make sense, right? Like if he were to do that, that would kind of make sense because he's still kept that as part of like that was still part of his Twitter handle too, right? Like yeah, but and he's he's still young. You know what I'm saying? That little eight, the song, the song's gonna be one of the one of the one one of the best safeties in the league in, oh. in about a year or two. So that's what I'm saying. So it'll be interesting if he changes his number. 
that that'll be real interesting right there. I mean, look, I I get it. I get why guys want to do it, man. But I I think I'm with like once you're once you've established something for so long, man. I don't it know. Just... I think somebody somebody joked around and said if Reggie Bush could have worn five in the NFL, he would have had like thirty thousand total yards. Probably would have. Probably. Like, do you think there's something to that mindset for a player? Like, if you're wearing your number, you think you'll play better a little bit? Yeah, I mean, the, it, it's kind of it's kind of like it, it kind of becomes your identity. Yeah. Like it's just like you know it's just it, and listen when I when I was in high school I you know I was number two like I don't care what it was even a guy did in high school she played sports she won number two like you gotta win my number it's like number two like that's mine you know what I'm saying I so it kind of becomes your identity for real. At a Levine forty one on Twitter is how you follow him. Uh, can we plug anything foundation for you, wise man? Like, is that is I don't know what's going on. I know the pandemic's made life tough for everybody. Man, it has, man. And uh, man, I wish uh, I'm trying to do my camp. You know, uh, I know people getting the vaccines and and, and everything, but you know, we we just put in uh, application trying to get my camp going, man. I I really want to get back out there with the kids. So I got some things that we're working on. To, to to get approved, and if we can, then I'll have them. But until until it can until it can get approved, you know, I don't want to say what it I, is. I hear you. I hear you. Um, but yeah, man, you know, at the Levine for Everyone Foundation, though, man, we're in the community. And, uh, you know, we're just, trying to, we're just trying to make things better for ourselves. No, dude, I, I've always respected you, and it continues to be an awesome story that it plays out with you here in Baltimore, brother. Congratulations again on being back for another year. Thank you for taking a couple of minutes for us. Continued safety and health to you and your family, my friends. Man, thank you, man. I appreciate it. Anthony Levine, joining us here on GCR. Great dude, and really, seriously, has become like that guy. Talk to dudes in the Ravens locker room. That's their guy. That's who they're going to. In order to, you know, they will they will hit him up for advice about everything. He's kind of become the you know, the soothsayer, if you will, in the uh, the Ravens locker room over the years. And it's hard to be a ten year vet after being somebody who made your life starting in special teams, and you know you don't do that just by accident. Not being on, you know, like not being on a roster. You know what I mean? A guy that that had to go elsewhere that was was, you know, was it Green Bay? Was that where he started? Yeah, was that I where? I think that is right. Was was banging around trying to get a chance, wasn't really getting it. Was just sort of a guy that was picked up. And here we are a decade later as he's in his mid 30s, just turned 34. By the way, I screwed up too and and it was pointed out to me before we talked to him. Anthony's Anthony Senior, <laughs> like he's not even Anthony Junior. He's Anthony Senior. It was I know it was so, it was Terry Nolan. He is a junior, and that's what married. I, was I, I have no idea, head. but I, th- th- that screwed me up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you're welcome. The, the complete game. <laughs> it's not just that we lost the perfect well, game. No, we, could we didn't just lose the no hitter. We lost the shutout. We lost. We're not. I don't know. We're we're trying those to gut out his walks or those hits. Those I mean, I think those are hits. No I think we're hits. trying to gut out just a, a quality start a nice at this Doc point. Ellis shutout. You know. Yeah. We can't do that. He he threw. That wasn't just a shutout. It was a it was no hitter. I thought it was a perfect game. Yeah, was he it walked no eight people. Did he really? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but he did it on. He was on acid. But so he did. I was going to say. Impressive. So it counts as a perfect. And game. And it was I still like I think the story was he was like hung over, like he had stayed up all night drinking, and he thought it was his off day, and he was just hanging out at a friend's house. Just dro- dropped a tag. Dropping some LSD. And it was like, dog. Jesus, did you pitching today? Yeah, right. <laughs> um. But appreciate Anthony Levine joining us. Great to have him back in Baltimore for another season. All right, I'm going to get to your responses. Uh, I'm interested in the thoughts that you're sharing with me about this topic. At what point do you go from celebrating wins to acknowledging? And again, I want to make that very clear. I'm not. When we've talked about this, it's 
I, I feel differently about it than I did that year when Joe Flacco got hurt. It's not necessarily rooting for losses because it's the wrong way to it's say also it. It's more nuanced than baseball. There's too many different right. like, moving parts at it's, any given time. It's acknowledging the better result as being losses. It doesn't mean that you're up there rooting for you know, Xander Bogarts to hit a home run. It's that when the game is over, you're able to say, yeah, that was, that was for the best. That's the topic that we're discussing this morning. I'll get to your responses at Glenn Clark Radio on Twitter. Mobile One, full synthetic motor oil, helps extend engine life. Visit your local Jiffy Lube service center. Ask for Mobile One. It's Glenn Clark Radio from the Chesapeake Employers Insurance Studio. At Glory Days Grill, they have great food and good sports. Glory Days Grill is a sports-themed family restaurant with 39 restaurants up and down the East Coast. Watch all of the games on a ton of TVs, and each table has its own wireless speaker so you can tune in to whatever game it is you're watching. Find out more about what's happening at your neighborhood Glory Days Grill right now by going to glorydaysgrill.com. C3 American Exteriors is the area's best and most trusted roof and siding specialists. C3 is also an insurance adjuster's worst nightmare and a homeowner's dream come true. With all of the bad weather, chances are you have some roof and siding damage. Call C3 American Exteriors now to get your roof and siding repairs for the cost of your deductible. Don't let the insurance industry get one over on you. C3 guarantees a 48-hour rapid response. Call 401-9797 or go to c3america.com for a free analysis. Guys, we're almost there. As a lot of people have said, we are at the 10-yard line, but the COVID-19 pandemic is not quite over, so we need to continue to be vigilant, do the right things, including wearing our masks. And if we're going to wear them, why wouldn't we wear masks that represent our favorite teams and players? Home team masks available right now. Pressboxonline.com slash masks. we got a purple and orange state flag neck gaiter for you, as well as the Celebrate 8 MVP neck gaiter and an over-the-ear faded distressed state flag and traditional colors mask they're available pressboxonline.com slash masks let's get this over with wear our masks home team masks Baseball is back in full in 2021, and the bat around has got you covered from bell to bell. Hi, I'm Paul Valley, and you can catch me along with my co-host, Zach Goodman, every Saturday morning from 10 to 12 on the bat around right here at Press Box Sports. We'll break down every win, every loss, and everything in between, plus tell you who we take to rake each week as the Orioles look to get back in the hunt and bring competitive baseball back to Baltimore. Catch us at PressBoxOnline.com slash TheBatAround or at Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports. That's the bat around every Saturday morning from 10 to 12 right here at Press Box sports it takes time to get rich flavorful coffee beans from the lush mountain regions of colombia and brazil to royal farms but less than a minute to get yourself a delicious hot cup of the finest and freshest coffee in the world because royal farms new swiss made coffee machines grind those rich flavorful coffee beans and brew them one magnificent cup at a time it's why royal farms makes the freshest and best coffee in the world real fresh real fast royal farms Redefine your skills, inspire change, and make a difference. The Army offers the new generation of youth the ability to be part of something bigger than themselves, while also improving who they will become individually. Soldiers have the ability to impact the world in many different ways. The Army supports humanitarian missions ranging from the COVID-19 response to natural and man-made disasters. Visit GoArmy.com forward slash Baltimore. 
All right, coming up in a few minutes, Fats Russell's going to join us. Incoming Maryland transfer from Rhode Island. Excited to chat with him about why he came to Maryland. I'm going to guess Donta Scott had something to do with that decision uh, as they were high school teammates, but we will talk about that here in a few minutes with the new Terp. We are in the Chesapeake Employers Insurance Studio of PressBox. Today's program also brought to you by your local Toyota dealer and buyatoyota.com. Make the most out of every day in a Toyota RAV4. Available in hybrid or gas-only models, a RAV4 can get you where you want to go in style. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new RAV4s from your local Toyota dealer today. So again, I was posed this question after yesterday's game. At what point do we go from openly rooting and being emotionally invested in the results of baseball games to acknowledging, not rooting against, I want to make that very clear, but acknowledging that the other result is probably still better for the Orioles and and being relieved or whatever it is that you want to use as the word. That's the question. Some of the responses that have come in so far. Uh, Paul and Ovi Lando. For me, once we get into May, if they've dropped under 500, I'm ready to accept losing for one more season for the greater good. I'm already starting to wonder how much longer they'll go with Galvis at shortstop. He's not provided anything so far to me. Well, they don't really have anybody else. I mean, who, yeah, who's yeah. playing if it's not Galvis? I mean, they genuinely have no. Like, like they have guys at the lower level. Right. I mean, they Westberg have and, right, Anthony Servideo and, and you know, like those guys. But where's Adam Hall in this? You know, that is not really I mean, correct. They've, they've got Caden Grenier who could play defense, right? He certainly like, can, but not not a hitter at all. They they just there isn't another there isn't another option. First of all, the minor league season isn't even starting for another few weeks, and then you would need someone to. It's just, yes, Freddie Galvez is going to play shortstop just out of the lack of other options. KZ says, yesterday, they totally effed up last year. Let's not do this again, trying to get to 65 or 70 wins. I mean, we talked about this a good bit, obviously. There's, there's, yes, look, last season was weird because it was only 60 games to begin with, and so every result was more significant Mm -hmm. because of that. But the the trade-off, whatever you feel good about winning a few games, was it worth missing out on Jack Leiter, Kamar Rocker? You know, it's not as if you can't find someone that's going to be an absolute superstar with the fifth pick. Let's not pretend like the fifth pick is, is horrendous. But will we ultimately one day look back and say Jack Leiter was the the most obvious pitching prospect in the history of college baseball and – Hey, but we got to win three more games at the beginning of the season, so we got that. No, I mean, I, I, the players aren't screwing it up. Like when we say let's not screw this up, they're not. They are in no ways attempting to lose. But yes, it would have been a better result as a whole for the Orioles to have lost a few more games at the start of last season in order to try to have the number one pick. From Dave, as long as Chris Davis is still around and this Adley guy remains a Triple A, the Orioles. Well, he's not a Triple A yet. Yeah. yeah. The Orioles aren't trying to win, so it's okay for fans to root for losses. Um, from Madison, this is really perspective, but I'll say much later on. Hmm. Huh. I reserve the right to change my answer, but maybe mid-August really depends on where we are. I just mid-August. What, where would they? What would they have to be doing? It's for always you sort not? of a funny thing. Like I don't know how they would be a 500 team by that time, right? Like I don't I see. I can't fathom if it. they're. 
I don't even know how to think about this. I just know they won't be good, right? I know they're not going to have that good record. I kind of am thinking of it in a way I, where it's I, like I, it's hard for it, me to really wrap can, my mind around it. If I can find it. something between, you know, like the extremes, KZ's extreme and, and Madison's extreme, I would probably say it would be something more along the lines of it's easier to start feeling that way again after they go through a stretch where they lose like 10 out of 12. It's it's not it's not easy to have that feeling yeah. yesterday because they had just won in thrilling fashion the night before uh, and and on top of that it was look I have Trey Mancini we and haven't, we the have whole a, fans back and the whole deal acknowledged the competent aspect of this team is the hitting and they've already struck out more than any well, other I was going to say I mean not in, not in, not, in not really but it is well we right? thought it was going to be the roster construction wise like yeah, I but, understand that the the pitching has been better than and, and I would even extent. say it's not that we thought it was going to be we thought it, it could, could be, be. Yes. right but there's from what we've seen through six, seven games, what is it? Six, six, seven, seven. seven. Yes. Eight, ten, seven. Fifty. Seven is the number. Forty games. Nope. Um I just it's hard for me to really even lend any real thought to the notion that you're gonna have to worry about that sort of thing. I what do you mean? That they're going oh, they'd be to be flirting with five hundred or whatever. Yeah, in I, a situation where they're not going to be in the top I, five. I, well, I agree with that, but I also understand that it's that not. You are, it's like, not as easy to disassoci- disassociate. And that you could be talking about these random good days being or the good, difference or between good weeks. the fifth and, that's and the also, third kind and of that's, thing. Right? And that's like, absolutely true. And I get that. I'm not. I, I still I think believe that li- likely any good performances are going to largely be tied to guys that I have levels of hope for, right? Like that if the Orioles are surprising and they're putting games together, right? It's, it's less not likely, likely to be because Jorge Hardy Lopez, is, right, you know, had a it's going to be because there's legitimate good performances from some guys that I was hoping would play well. So that makes it a little bit easier probably to But this goes back to why I I'm not I'm not emotionally invested in Bruce Zimmerman or Dean Crane. Like I'm not. I'm just not emotionally invested in those guys. Which is not a knock on them or saying that it can't be them or anything along those lines. It's me saying I have. I'm more. Rom- I'm more romantic about. I, those I can't guys. be disappointed by Bruce Zimmerman or Dean Kramer. I can't be upset. I'm willing to be wooed by those guys. I mean, yeah. If they if they become a thing, I can. We can talk about it then. But Dean Kramer, t- you know, pitching poorly the See other night. Hair? Thank you, Dean Kramer, pitching poorly the night. Good dude, like Dean Kramer. You know, not saying I'm not rooting for him. I'm rooting for him, but it can't hurt me. Eighty hair. Thank you. Yeah, I don't disagree with that. 20 performance the other night. 20, 20 at least in terms of... Uh, his cutter. His cutter's a pitch. Yeah, it's a pitch. All right, it was fine. his best one the other night. That's fine. But you have to every now and then throw some strikes. Like, you got to throw some strikes yeah. every now and then. It's a, That's still it's up a, for debate. No, you, you need to do that every now and then. <laughs> like, or you can throw a strike, and you can have Michael Conforto lean into it and mm-hmm. win a game. You could do that. Um, I can't be hurt. I can't be affected. It cannot... I if If Bruce Zimmerman pitches poorly tomorrow night... You can't make me say, boy, that's a really disappointing result on a Saturday. It, it's not. Now, I, I will admit, if John Means had pitched poorly, it would have been a disappointing result to me. It I would was be terribly disapp- disappointed when John Means had a rough start last, last season. Last year, yes, yeah. I was very disappointed by that. Well, you were still sort of on the fence as to whether he was the real Well, he pitcher, still needed right? to prove himself, yes. He yeah. still needed to prove himself. But after the way he closed I was the in, season. Like, I remember being very encouraged at the velocity gains and being like, nobody's throwing like more. There's a bigger uptick in velocity between last year and this year than John Means. And it was still like, well, then why isn't he pitching well? well he, and you know, He did. To see he finally he got is, there. He finally got there. And again, it's a short season. Jim Palmer. 
What do you mean? For consecutive oh, right, starts right, with right, run right. run allowed right. or fewer. Um so it it would it's more and again I I'm was not gonna say like Orioles. I'm not trying yeah, thank you. Like, I'm yeah. not trying to suggest that John Means is about to change your organization by by being the best pitcher in the history of baseball or by landing you the the biggest haul in the history of a trade. No, but he's a legitimate but number three starter caliber caliber pitcher. Might be him and And he might be better than right, that, right? Like maybe, I'm saying that's right. his floor. I think in most staffs he would probably be around a number not the if, Dodgers. If he but keeps pitching like probably this. Probably be around a number yes, three. If, if he continues to and pitch like this. That, right? Correct. Uh from Steve Levy from UMBC. They're Actually, looking for a basketball be, coach. He's probably be, Guthrie was probably around a three or a four. I think he's better oh, than know. Guthrie. I, think, I disagree with that. I think Guthrie, at, when when Guthrie was on... Well, he was the Orioles one. There's no doubt it's not, about that. But that's a different thing. I when Guthrie it. was on, he was pitching as well as a two or a three in most rotations. Now, again, there are some rotations that are absurdly stacked sure, that no you doubt. can't compare it, it to. Right. But in the majority of rotations, yeah. he was pitching as well as a two or three when he was at his best. Um, Steve Levy says, never root for losses. If they, and, and I'm not, again, I, wanna, I did not use those words. I'm going to reread these words one more time. You just rooted for them to have at fewer what runs point, than the other no, team. At what point and under what circumstances do we go from rooting for wins to acknowledging it's better if they lose? I'm not saying you root for losses. At no point do I stand up and watch a team play and say, I am openly rooting I mean, unless we're getting an obvious situation. Like, at the end of the season, if you're playing, like, the, the Pirates and, mm-hmm. you know, you're, you're you know, one-on-one. We had this scenario at the Royals a couple years ago. I was like, dude, I'm, I'm not even going to hide from it. I'm rooting for them to lose the games. It's bad news if they win these games. Sure. Th- that's an extreme. I'm not talking about that. That's, that's absurd. I'm just talking about the ability to, after it's over, nod your head and say, yeah, you know, it's, it's for the best. It's for the best. Uh, he says, never root for losses. If they occur naturally or are somewhat manipulated, which they will. I don't know what that means, somewhat manipulated. Buffalo Wild Wings. You think that there's yeah. somebody hits a button and that's yeah. the reason why they lose? They care that much there? Definitely. It's really weird. Ripping through the lines. That's fine because most Orioles fans should understand that you can count on one hand the guys in the current Major League roster that may be a part of the winning. Yeah. I mean, I mean we're even going as far as maybe. It's probably about right. One hand currently on the team that may be a part of it i mean you could do more than one hand i mean if you're you if, wanna, you can, if you're enough if, outfilters if you're going to the extreme as maybe but if you're going and, to the extreme as of may and like right like, maybe right like well, okay but that now that's really getting extreme is it though right yeah like, i don't a guy that these that is a young guy getting his feet wet in the major league level no for the one first time has ever pointed at and said this guy is a major league pitcher i don't know if that's necessarily true i mean no, he, led, pointed he led the minors in strikeouts i that understand one year, right? like, that but nobody has pointed at him and said this is a guy that is a surefire major leaguer but that's not what we're saying here is maybe that's not but that's 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 to the fringe of the maybe it's to the fringe of the you know any young guy is a maybe in my book a maybe you'd still qualify as an austin hayes and a dj stewart right like and in that case that's why i would say it's more we're, we're going to the extreme on the maybe for sure um i'm i'm talking about guys that there's any amount of that it would in any world pain you if you if they weren't like and 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 boy and, and that's bigger than maybe I think I would say that's that's guys that you would I would say you would expect I, or hope I, I and would, have real hope for right like 
that it's your expectation is more on the side of that they will. But I think be. I think I could draw a line between Austin Hayes and DJ Stewart even. Like DJ Stewart, it's still the pain of him having been a first round pick, right? Like if DJ Stewart never amounts to anything, there's still more pain there than it is with Austin Hayes. And I'm just trying to speak of it as purely a They are who they are at the this players point. who they are currently, could they in theory still be a thing? John from Little Rock, I'm treating this season and all of the rebuild like I treat watching uh, the AA Arkansas Travelers here. I go to enjoy the game. I was just going to say that, actually. You were thinking about the yeah, Arkansas yeah, yeah. Travelers the other day. Uh, I go to enjoy the game. Hey, what was the golf tournament last week? Yeah. There's the tie here. The Travelers Insurance Open. By the way, it's called the Travelers Championship, but it wasn't even the tournament. I was just trying to throw you off. Uh, we did it. I did. I know. That was the point. It was the Nemo Invitational. There you go. Nailed it. Nailed it. I go to enjoy. I'm not going to tell you. <laughs> I'm not going to tell you. And next week, I'm going to ask it again and see if you bother to look it up at some point. Well, if it was last week, it Jordan, was the Masters. I would get that. No, right I would say the week, week before when I asked well, the question. Fair. Jordan Spieth won the tournament. I'm not sure if you're aware. He won last week's stop on the PGA Tour. Mm, Singapore Open. Yep. It was right here in Los Estados. Oh. Yeah. Unidos United. Yeah. Those are the ones. The United, that's the, what you think the name of the tournament is. Yeah. The Unidos United. It's appealing. All the could graphics. I? Could you get it if I told you it was graphic? It was ge- uh, geographical, like that. Yeah. It's not just the the name of the sponsor. The name of the tournament involves geography. Doesn't. Yes. Florida's AIARP Open. All right. If you're right, you're right. I don't know what else I can say. Uh, John says, I go to enjoy the game, drink good, cheap beer, eat ballpark food, and be with people I love. It's much better for my mental health to take this approach. Well, that's 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 not, for sure, right? Like I think that's, that's definitely applied to the season. I think there's no doubt. I mean, I've I'm not, and I've said this a million times. The, as a whole, this season can't hurt me. Right now, can certain things hurt me? Yeah, but they're few and far between. Ryan Mountcastle, if he just stinks the rest of the way, it would hurt me. He's not doing great out there in the outfield. Not doing great in the outfield. There's no doubt yeah. about that. But you kind of knew that was the case, yeah. and, and they, he's not supposed to be there really anyway. I mean, no, he but he's ideally. I get it. But he he's got to be somewhere, know, and that's the tricky know, part about doing this. Like he has to be somewhere. Well, got to be. I mean, they, if they didn't have so many DHs, it would be an and easy, right? Like it's part of the problem, right. right? Like part of the problem is that's where they are. At some point, does that just become the answer that you acknowledge this dude's bat has to be in the lineup, and he well, absolutely can't play somewhere? How many of the other DHs, somewhere? quote unquote, are definitely a, a realistic hope for the future, right? Like none. Santander is a good no. right fielder. I mean, I mean, like if all of the outfielders end up hitting somehow. And they could all play, then sure, you got a log jam at DH. But that's a good problem to have, right? I think ultimately the dust will settle, and at worst, he's well, a he DH, still, look, and he, he could he, still be a first baseman and, and all of that. You he know, still has time to try sure. to figure. Uh, we think he could be a first baseman. We but don't his know angles that angles could use some work. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. All right, um, we'll grab a break here because uh, Fats Russell is going to join us in a minute. We'll continue to talk about this throughout the course of the morning. Continue to get me your responses. KNS Autom- at Glenn Clark Radio on Twitter, the best way to do it. KNS Automotive in Hamden. For over 40 years, KNS Automotive has been restoring, repairing, and maintaining foreign and domestic vehicles with a focus on exceptional workmanship and quality customer service. Everything from oil changes to major body work, give KNS a call right now, 410 235 6660. Go to KNSimports.com. That's KNS Automotive, KNSimports.com. Glenn Clark Radio. This is how you get a premium cup of coffee. Better and faster than the drip, drip, drip method. And way better than a large urn of lukewarm coffee made who knows when. 
At Royal Farms, our new Swiss-made coffee machines grind fresh, premium beans on the spot and then brew them one cup at a time for the freshest, most flavorful cup of premium coffee you can buy. This is Royal Farms coffee. It's better because it's the freshest coffee in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. C3 American Exteriors is the area's best and most trusted roof and siding specialists. C3 is also an insurance adjuster's worst nightmare and a homeowner's dream come true. With all of the bad weather, chances are you have some roof and siding damage. Call C3 American Exteriors now to get your roof and siding repairs for the cost of your deductible. Don't let the insurance industry get one over on you. C3 guarantees a 48-hour rapid response. Call 401-9797 or go to c3america.com for a free analysis. At Glory Days Grill, they have great food and good sports. Glory Days Grill is a sports-themed family restaurant with 39 restaurants up and down the East Coast. Watch all of the games on a ton of TVs, and each table has its own wireless speaker so you can tune in to whatever game it is you're watching. Find out more about what's happening at your neighborhood Glory Days Grill right now by going to glorydaysgrill.com. For more than 100 years, Chesapeake Employers Insurance has been helping Maryland businesses keep their workers safe. With competitive pricing and an AM Best, A-minus financial strength rating, it's no surprise that Chesapeake Employers is Maryland's largest writer of workers' comp insurance. At the end of every workday, someone's waiting for your safe return. Connect with your agent or visit CEIWC.com. Hi, it's Glenn Clark for Window Nation. The weather is warming up. The days are longer. Do your windows open to let the fresh spring air in? Are they old, cracked, and outdated? The spring rush is on for home improvement projects. One great way to improve the look, feel, and value of your home is with new windows. Act now, beat the rush, and Window Nation will give you 50% off every style window. Bows, bays, picture and garden windows, every style, every color, plus get 0% interest for 18 months. 866-90-NATION or visit windonation.com. The biggest pro wrestling stars today and all time all have one thing in common. You've heard them on Jobbing Out. Matt and Nick Jackson, the Young Bucks. Thanks for having us, man. Appreciate it. Adam Cole. How are you guys doing today? And Matt Riddle. Yeah, man. Thanks, man. The champ, Drew McIntyre. Oh, thank you for having me. The great Ron Simmons. Damn. Keith Lee. Appreciate you guys having me, man. Bill Goldberg. My pleasure. Charlotte. Thank you so much for having me. Mick Foley is with us. This is the greatest name for a wrestling show I've ever heard. MJF. I'm glad you're happy I'm on this show because I'm freaking miserable. Le Champion. Chris Jericho. Le Champion. AJ, Aaron, Brandon, and Glenn are talking pro wrestling every week on Jobbing Out. Find it at pressboxonline.com slash radio, iTunes, and SoundCloud. Tweet us at... Glenn Clark Radio, 21st Century Talk Radio at GlennClarkRadio.com. Mobile One Full Synthetic Motor Oil helps extend engine life. Visit your local Jiffy Lube service center. Ask for Mobile One. Earlier this week, we found out that our next guest is going to be coming to play basketball at the University of Maryland next season. He's already got some connections, high school teammates with Donta Scott in Philadelphia. It's a pleasure to welcome in new Terps point guard, Fats Russell, to GCR. Fats, it's Glenn and Kyle. It's great to chat with you, man. Thank you for taking the time for us, and congratulations on becoming a Terp. Uh, thank you, thank you. I uh, appreciate it. Absolutely, man. It's great to chat with you, dude. Tell me about like how this decision came about. When 
when you had an idea that maybe Maryland might be a place that you'd want to be? Um, you know, as soon as I put my name in the transfer portal, um, you know, they called me and um, I just it just piqued my interest. You know, um, I know a lot of people on the team and um, Coach Turgeon, that cold coach staff is just great, and it just piqued my interest as soon as as soon as they show interest. Is it, so obviously, we know that you know Dante. Who else? Who else on the team do you know pretty well? Um, I know Eric Ayala. Okay. Um, I know Hakeem Hart. Yeah, Philly guy. Yeah, too. sure, absolutely. Yeah, and um, yeah, that's that's really it. Okay, so that makes a lot of sense, right? You got you got some boys that are down here. Were, were they like openly recruiting you? Were they like reaching out, like, dude, you you come on, man, you gotta come, like, you gotta be down here with us. Yeah, uh, Dante was. <laughs> that makes sense. That makes sense. Had you had you and Dante stayed in touch? I know you you guys are a little bit different in age. Had you guys stayed in touch um, over the years since you left Imitat? Um. Yeah. Like when when I see a game or um whatever, I'll just. You know, hit them up like, oh, good game. Um, That's keep cool. Keep going and just, like keep your head up, stuff like that. Just little stuff. That's cool, man. Um, you know, it, the two of you on the floor together. What what was that like when you guys were in high school? And how excited are you for chemistry reasons being back on the floor together next season? Um, in high school, we kind of dominated the Philadelphia area. I I, um, I we saw were, a lot of that. Yeah, you did. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, but um, we were on the same team for two years, um, especially that last year, my senior year, we um, finished top five in the country. And, you know, we kind of, like, had a national schedule and we just went undefeated in that. So I mean, was that – like, how much of a role was that in you making this decision, knowing that you've got somebody that you connect with already so well that you're going to be coming playing with? Oh, uh, yeah, it was a big – it was a big part of my decision. Um that and um, just being a little closer to home, having my family be able to come see me. Yeah. Um, yeah, that 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 played a big factor as well. Fats Russell is with us here on GCR. Fats, how aware are you of, like, the, the last few point guards that Mark Turgeon had had in this program, Anthony Cowan, Mello Trimble, who a lot of people have compared to you because of your size and that sort of scoring mentality and – and did you think about that a little bit as you were making your decision? Um, yeah, no, I seen, you know, I watched Anthony Cowan, I watched Mello Trimble, um, and I know that Coach Turgeon is a point guard coach. Um, you know, they have a lot of point guard coaches on their staff, and you know that that plays a factor as well, just to be able to learn from him and um, you know just get better. I mean, it, it means it seems to make all the sense in the world. By the way, it seems like it makes all the sense. So, how quickly do you go into like recruitment mode? You know, like you, you just made the commitment. You're not even here yet, but everybody's wondering about whether or not like Aaron Wiggins is going to stick around. And you mentioned Eric Ayala. There's been talk about him. How quickly do you go into recruitment mode? Like, you know, hey, guys, we need everybody back, man. We can do something special. Um, as soon as I committed, yeah. um, I went right into, right into, uh, recruitment mode. <laughs> I mean, I hit up Aaron Wiggins and I hit up Eric Ayala, so. I mean, like, you know, do you get a sense for what you guys might be, you know, I, I'm sure you've got the internet. You like, you see what people are saying. There are, but Jeff Goodman said you guys could be the number five team in the country next year. And, and a lot of people have said top 10 going into the year and a, and a final four contender. Um, do you get that feeling that, that, you know, you have the right guys around you, maybe a guy or two comes back, that this could be that type of special team next season? Yeah, um, you know, I, th- I 
I see the hype and um I see what it could be. So like you said, man, I'm just trying to get um everybody back. I've been talking to everybody and you know, I'm excited. You uh you, you do you believe in it? Do you believe did you come to Maryland believing you guys could win a national championship next season? Yeah, that was one of the main reasons that um, you know, I committed to Maryland. Um I wasn't gonna put my I wasn't going to go to a place where I felt like, you know, um, I, we couldn't make a run at this. So, you know, I, I pick. I feel like I picked the right spot, and and we definitely have a chance. Curtis Wahab, do you do you know him at all? Like, had had you run into him at any point? It it seemed weird that you guys kind of it it became official for both of you within like a couple of minutes. Was there conversation between the two of you leading into it? Um, no, actually, but I just, I, I heard he was, um, committed and that definitely made me more interested in Maryland. Um, I know how good he is. I know how good of a big man he is. Um, I definitely wanted the chance to, you know, play with him. Nice to be able to lob the ball up to somebody like that when everybody's crashing down on you. Exactly. It makes my job way easier. <laughs> right. Just like, hey, look at that dude. I'm just going to toss it over to him. <laughs> Handle it that exactly. way, man. Hey, Fats, what do we need to know about you as a guy, man? Uh, uh, tell me about yourself. Like, when when, when did you know, like, basketball was the path for you and, and that this is going to be what you're going to be trying to do for your life? Like, give me your background with the game of basketball to begin with. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, you know, my older brother plays basketball. Um, he plays in um, Treviso, Italy right now. Okay. So, you know, growing up, watching him play, it kind of just – you know, like once you're a little kid watching basketball, it kind of just makes you interested. And um, I see how hard he worked at the game, and I just, you know, everybody wants to be like their big brother. So I just tried to, you know, mimic him. And then once once I seen I was good at it, you know, I just worked as hard as I can um, constantly. Um, two, two days in the gym, sometimes three days in the gym. You know, just trying to get better, trying to be as, um, as good as I can at this. You you know the nickname Fats seems so ironic, right? Like it's one of the most ironic nicknames. You um we we were told it was because you were chubby as a baby, which is really hard to believe when we look at you. That seems impossible. <laughs> at what age like did it not make sense anymore? At what age does somebody look at you like Fats? Wait, really? Where the hell does that come from? <laughs> I mean, as soon as as soon as I could, you know, start kind of walking and stuff i i kind of slimmed down but once i was like when i was like really small was when i was fat okay did you ever think about like abandoning it like yo wait a second mom this, this doesn't really make all that much sense did you ever think about abandoning the name oh uh, no i mean it kind of just stuck with me uh, i kind of get used to it you know kind of something that you just if, if, get okay. used to. This is a real, when, when you sign like an autograph, do you sign it as Fats Russell? Yeah, I do. So, I mean, it's this is life. It's a commitment now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm all in now. <laughs> Feels like it's almost like a jazz name also, man. Like, you got to start A hundred percent, dude. You should be in like a smoky club somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Fats Russell. <laughs> <laughs> that is no doubt, man. Um, I, I saw that you're a Kobe guy, which makes obvious. I mean, like, you know, you're a Philly guy. It almost feels like yeah, it's a rule that you have to be a Kobe guy. Um, what what did he mean to you growing up in Philadelphia? And, and, and how do you try to maybe honor him as you continue to play? Oh, um, man. He meant everything to me, you know, just his mentality and 
the way he carried himself, the way, you know, he attacked the game each and every day. Um, I actually have a tattoo on my leg that, you know, kind of symbolizes him and um, remembers him. So, I mean, he means a lot to me. That's cool, man. And obviously we, you know, look, the few people have impacted the game uh, in modern times the way that Kobe Bryant has. And, and and seeing him as a father was even more powerful for guys like us. Um, uh, Fats Russell, just another couple of minutes with him here on GCR. The important question, and we know the correct answer here. We're not Philly guys, though. The best mm-hmm. sandwich in Philadelphia is what and where? I'm going with Delisandro's. Okay, I get that from a lot of dudes. I get that from a lot of people. I still haven't tried it. I need to. Um, we are John's Roast Pork guys yeah. here. Like, oh, okay. Bro, I, I mean, like, my it is a slice of heaven that I can't compare. <laughs> to. And, it, and, like, we got great food this way. Like, the seafood thing, like, you know, you can come down here. We're going to get you crab cakes, the whole deal. Like, it's an amazing place. But, bro, the way that pork and that sharp provolone – little bit of hot sauce, and the broccoli rob just melts down your throat. It is undefeated, <laughs> brother. It is undefeated, man. <laughs> yeah, I feel you with that one. I ain't going <laughs> to I mean, it, I, I'm, I'm, sure, I'm sure that there is no real incorrect answer to the question. Everybody just has their preference, right? Like, that's just the yeah. way that it goes. That's just exactly, the way that it goes. Exactly. <laughs> That's Russell, man. We're uh, we're really excited for you and this opportunity um, over over the course of the next twelve months to do something special. What just what's it gonna mean to be able to play like again? Fingers crossed to be able to play in front of like a packed gym again and a place. Everything you guys went through this season to try to play basketball. What's it gonna mean to step out in front of? I'm sure you've seen what it looks like when it's rocking eighteen thousand people in College Park. What that's what's that feeling gonna mean like for you in the fall? Man, it's gonna it's gonna be fulfilling. I mean, you know how difficult this year was, and um, going to gyms and there's nobody in there. You know, at um at our school, like we couldn't have had no fans, like no cheerleaders, nothing. So, you know, you kind of kind of get lost in the game where sometimes you find yourself daydreaming or like. <laughs> so it's, I don't know. It was just it definitely was hard this year. Um, I'm. I'm definitely looking forward to, you know, having fans back in the crowd and um, playing in front of Pac Arena. No doubt, man. It's going to be special. All right, Fats Russell, what can we plug for you, bro? You're you're not on Twitter, right? We were looking for you. We couldn't find you. Oh, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not on Twitter. All right, what about Instagram? Where can people give you a follow there? Uh, yeah, Limitless.Fats on Instagram. Limitless.Fats. Give them a follow there. Fats Russell, man, uh, congratulations. Can't wait to get to know you more as you uh, arrive here in College Park, brother. Can't wait to see you play. Thanks so much for taking a couple of minutes for us this morning, all right? Thanks. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Fats Russell checking in with us here on GCR. Incoming Terp. Appreciate him joining us. And obviously, a lot of excitement. We are still waiting on a, a lot of decisions. We know Daryl Morsell's testing everything. Just sort of said, I'm making an announcement. That I'm announcing nothing. <laughs> Which, like, he, he was announcing something. Announcing everything. But that's really what it was. He was announcing everything. He said, I might come back. Or I might play somewhere else next year. Or I might go pro. I, I could do any of the above. That could be my solution. And I get it. I, I, I've said a million times. I respect. I, I think players should have these rights. I think college athletes, a coach can get up and walk away at any point. I think players should have the exact same opportunity to do what's best for them. And... Is it good for the sport, people would argue? Like, do you really want guys going to to four different places in four different years? Maybe not. You want to know how to fix that? You pay them. 
you don't want to do that, if you're not interested in that, if you're not interested in paying them, this is what you get. I, I, I can't argue for you. You want to create a system where you pay someone, sign them to a contract, that's different. Nobody wants to do that. Even the NIL thing, the school isn't paying them. So why are they committed? Why are they not committed to doing what's best for them? I'm not going to knock somebody for doing what's best for them. So Maryland benefits in the way of getting Fats Russell. It might to be the, to their detriment that they lose Daryl Morsell. It's okay. It's okay. That's the way this all works. I'm all right with that. I mean, it, I would rather have him. Make that very clear. I'd rather have Daryl Morsell. But such is the system. Um, I still would be surprised. I keep saying that. I would still be surprised about Aaron Wiggins. But, you know, every day that goes by, you're sort of like, mm, maybe he really is thinking about something. There's been a lot of talk about Eric Ayala one way or another. Maybe we saw Quan Smart put his name in the transfer portal. That's not all that surprising. Wasn't really able to break through um, and, and get any meaningful minutes. So, you know, you can you can understand why he would say, I, I just don't think I'm seeing it for myself here and, and I got to look elsewhere. You know, Chomariel did not make, you know, even e- even a ripple. Like, that was completely expected. We'll see what Eric Ayala's decision is. I do think it's interesting that, you know, he's got a relationship with Fats Russell, and that makes sense. You know, Delaware, Philadelphia, that's 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 quite logical. So can Fats Russell help convince him to stick around? We'll see. We'll find out. A lot to be decided in the coming weeks. All right, we're in the Chesapeake Employers Insurance Studio of Press Box. Let me get to a couple other things that people have hit us up about. Yes, I have seen our friend uh, Rita, the NFL chick, um, is saying on Twitter that – and she had – she had, like, teased something a little while ago about, I think there's going to be a visit that's going to make some Ravens fans happy. And everybody was giving her crap because she wasn't saying who it was or anything like that. She followed it up this morning by saying Houston on Tuesday. So that would be Justin Houston, who is still a free agent, who is still to be had, um, that would be visiting the Ravens on Tuesday, according to uh, our friend, the NFL chick, Sarita Hubbard. There's a couple things to be said about that. The first being, one, let's, you know, we, we're all familiar with Justin Houston's name, and he was a guy that once upon a time put up some, I think he had a 20 sack season, if I remember correctly, once upon a time. I think he had a, a nutso season. He was still part of the effective Colts defense last year. Part of it. And I mean, it wasn't bad, I don't I mean, think. Flash just, just still showed some speed when they played the Ravens, I think. I was impressed by. How he played that game, frankly. Uh, Justin Houston, he had a 22-sack season in, I mean, this is 2014. It's quite some time ago. Um, he's had just one double-digit sack season since. But, you know, a year ago he had eight sacks. He was, he, was, he was effective. And the Ravens could use effective. They could use anything. You know what I mean? Like, they're at that place. Now, there's, there's, there's a couple factors here. The first being... It seems pretty clear the Ravens aren't interested in signing anyone else until they get past the compensatory pick period ending. At this point, you don't wait this long because you were still deciding if somebody was a fit or not. You bring him in for a visit next week because you want to do your due diligence and feel confidence and say, okay, we like you. If we get through this Mm -hmm. and you're still available then we'll sign you then. It does present the opportunity for another team that maybe didn't care as much about the compensatory pick formula that knows that as soon as it's over, the Ravens are looking to pounce to maybe try to step in and perhaps undercut them. Such is the system. The Ravens have made it clear they're playing the system. We can't be surprised by it at this point. We can't, 
you know, think it's crazy at this point. They have they have they have signed handled the, the good a good job through the years of gaming the system as well, good a job acqui- of any team. acquiring picks. Sure. You can go it's back clear and that it's a priority for them. The the idea that that we can say definitively that one strategy is better than the other, we cannot. We cannot say with certainty that it's a better system and it has proven to be far more fruitful than it would have been had they just signed some other players. But it's their system, it's the one they believe works, and it clearly matters. I don't unfortunately I don't know exactly what the date is off the top of my head. I, I just don't know off the top of my head what the exact date is, but there's a date right after the draft where after that date, if you sign players, they don't – I think it might be like May 2nd. It might be that that quick after the draft. They, they no longer count against your compensatory pick formula. Is there some world in which you bring in Justin Houston, you're so enamored by him that you say the hell with it, we can't risk somebody else signing him? I guess. Does that seem likely? No, it does not. It does not seem likely that the Ravens would wait until – What's today's date? Uh, so that'd be April thirteenth, and then suddenly say now, well, formula be damned, we gotta have this guy. It just that does not seem like something that the Ravens would do. But you know, we'll we'll see. That's all we can say is we'll we'll see how it plays out. As uh, our friend the NFL chick Sarita Hubbard says, they are bringing in Justin Houston for a visit next week. It would make sense to me if they would bring in any of the the the, the edge rush types that are still lingering out there. For a visit, find out. Let your medical team have their look at them. Let let them work out for you. Have complete confidence in where they are as a player and where they are health-wise sure. at this point. I don't know why you wouldn't bring in uh, Melvin Ingram. Why you wouldn't bring in anybody who still lingers. Me. Yeah, that might be where I I I call it. I might I might say that's the end of where I'd be willing to consider. Okay. That might be that might be the one. Um, ask me if I want to talk about the Suns game last night. Do you want to talk about the Suns game last nope, night? Nope, moving on. Um, I, bummer, bummer. There's nothing else. Not I can familiar say with their work. Uh, they were playing the uh, the uh, the back end of a double of a of a home and or a back back to back. Who are they playing? They're playing the Clippers. I don't know if you heard they're good. And they, are they as good as they're supposed to be though? Who the Clippers? Yeah, I mean they're really good. What's the record this year? Are they like they're like third. They they might now be tied with the Suns for second in the West. So then no, they're not. <laughs> I mean, like, if you think the standard was they're going to win every game, yeah, I did. I mean, is that what you thought it was? Mm-hmm. Uh, they're not quite tied. They're they're thirty five and eighteen. The Suns are thirty six and fifteen. The Suns are two and a half back of the Jazz in the West. The Clippers are four and a half back. Do you ever wish you had Luka Doncic instead of DeAndre Ayton? Uh, I mean, I don't know if Luka Doncic would fit with this team. DeAndre Ayton fits just fine. I've got Chris Paul and Devin Booker. I'm good. I'm quite fine. Everything is all right. DeAndre Ayton just got posterized by Kawhi Leonard last night too. It was, but they were winning at that point, so I sent out a silly tweet like, "I think we all know basketball fans don't care about things, trivial things like this. They only care about who wins the game." And I ended up getting bit in the ass by that one too. So it was not a, it was not a pleasant evening for me. They were on national TV, and I was really back-to-back nights of national TV games for the Suns. I'm like, woohoo! I would have better been better off watching NXT last night. Would have been better off with that. that Most extreme challenge. Yes, NXT stands MXC. for NXT stands for. You know it's streaming on Amazon. Most most extreme to challenge. That's exactly what it you stands for. You know they have for. it on Amazon. Anything else? It's fantastic still. I mean, I I enjoyed most extreme challenge. <laughs> I don't think I'm gonna sit down and binge watch it. I don't think that's gonna be something that if I'm gonna. If you did, you wouldn't do. regret it. I mean, I there are other things that I want to watch at the moment. There are other routes that I want to take. Uh, I want to give a shout-out to our buddy Kyle Andrews. Love Kyle. Let's try to get him in here uh, next week at some point. 
Kyle announced uh, yesterday that he's leaving the Baltimore Sun, which is a bummer because I'm going to – there's a few things that make it a bummer. I talked to Kyle a couple weeks ago. I know some of the things that he's working on right now. Um, it's it's a bummer that Kyle's leaving because it's bad for the Baltimore Sun. Kyle got a beat, and, and like everything else that he's done in his life, and, and if you remember he interned for us once upon a time, Kyle got the high school sports beat. And could have just done what a lot of other people on the high school sports beat do. Go and, you know, watch high school games and write little stories. He pursued. He pursued, you know, the the way that we pursue. Former high school athletes in town that are having success elsewhere and writing stories and getting in touch with them and all of those things. Kyle worked his ass off. Everything he was given, he worked his ass off to get more from it. Um, wherever he has been, and getting opportunities to cover the Ravens and the Orioles at various places in recent years. Kyle has worked his ass off and has made connections with everyone in this industry, has formed relationships, has been someone that we all were happy to see. I think we were all also inspired by his fight against cancer. At a very young age, by the way, has done all of these things. Um, Kyle's moving on uh, to a, a paper in Pennsylvania where he's going to be covering Penn State, um, and that's a cool beat. I know that uh, he's like a closet Penn State fan, which is weird. We talked about that before. He's got some like weird closet fandoms. Yeah, he does. He's a Cal fan. Well, it's a, it's, I, don't, I don't understand all of them. Um, I think he said that it might be related to his girlfriend in some way. I'm not sure exactly, but um, he's been kind of a closet Penn State fan, so he gets to go up and cover Penn State, and that's a cool thing for him. I'm very happy for Kyle. I love him, and um, definitely, you know, he's been a, a personal friend, and uh, we'll try to get him in here before he departs for his new gig to hang out with us. So we can sign it, kind of say goodbye, and it's our loss. I mean, it's it's our loss as a city, as a a media. He elevated the job that he had. He had a a gig that was kind of a low level gig in terms of you know beats at the Baltimore Sun. And he elevated it. He made it a more important role than what he had been given because of his work ethic and everything that he did. And I can't say enough. I'm I'm extraordinarily proud. I'm proud of a lot of people that came through as interns that I'm like, wow. I always tell them at the end of the semester, I might need a job from you at some point. And like I, I'm I'm batting damn near a thousand. They are quickly going out and like I, I we, uh, years ago we had a an intern. She's now covering the Dallas Mavericks for the da- the I think the, the the morning news. I don't remember which paper it is in Dallas, but I'm like Jesus Christ. I'm I'm gonna need jobs from all of them. They're all gonna need to give me jobs one day, because they're all just killing it. Every single one of them, um, and Kyle is chief among them. And uh, very very happy for him. So I did want to take some time this morning to say that as he is moving on from his role at the Sun. All right, hour number two of today's show brought to you by C3 American Exteriors. Don't let the insurance industry get one over on you. Call C3 right now to get your roof and siding repairs for just the cost of your home insurance deductible. 410-401-9797 or C3America.com for a free analysis. When we come back in, the mayor, Brandon Scott, we're going to chat with him next. It's Glenn Clark Radio from the Chesapeake Employers Insurance Studio.
Redefine your skills, inspire change, and make a difference. The Army offers the new generation of youth the ability to be part of something bigger than themselves, while also improving who they will become individually. Soldiers have the ability to impact the world in many different ways. The Army supports humanitarian missions ranging from the COVID-19 response to natural and man-made disasters. Visit GoArmy.com forward slash Baltimore. For more than 100 years, Chesapeake Employers Insurance has been helping Maryland businesses keep their workers safe. With competitive pricing and an AM Best, A- financial strength rating, it's no surprise that Chesapeake Employers is Maryland's largest writer of workers' comp insurance. At the end of every workday, someone's waiting for your safe return. Connect with your agent or visit CEIWC.com. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a wide range of models and trim lines. You can choose the perfect Toyota to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. The journey begins on remote mountain farms and plantations in the lush tropical regions of countries like Colombia and Brazil where the best coffee beans are grown. The beans are harvested by hand carefully sorted, bagged, shipped, and finally roasted. And the journey ends as your cup of rich, flavorful Royal Farms coffee, the freshest and best coffee in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. Hi, it's Glenn Clark for Window Nation. The weather is warming up. The days are longer. Do your windows open to let the fresh spring air in? Are they old, cracked, and outdated? The spring rush is on for home improvement projects. One great way to improve the look, feel, and value of your home is with new windows. Act now, beat the rush, and Window Nation will give you 50% off every style window. Bows, bays, picture and garden windows, every style, every color, plus get 0% interest for 18 months. 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com. The latest edition of PressBox is available now. On the cover, a lengthy Q&A with Orioles manager Brandon Hyde as he candidly discussed the impact the pandemic has had on the team's rebuilding effort, Chris Davis, Adley Rutschman, and much more. Inside, find our special college lacrosse feature, introducing you to the men's and women's players at all of the area schools. PressBox is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores. And you can always find the entire edition, as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. Guys, we're almost there. As a lot of people have said, we are at the 10-yard line, but the COVID-19 pandemic is not quite over, so we need to continue to be vigilant, do the right things, including wearing our masks, and if we're going to wear them, why wouldn't we wear masks that represent our favorite teams and players? Home team masks, available right now. PressBoxOnline.com slash masks. We got a purple and orange state flag neck gaiter for you, as well as the Celebrate 8 MVP neck gaiter, and an over-the-ear faded to Stress state flag and traditional colors mask. They're available. Pressboxonline.com slash masks. Let's get this over with. Wear our masks. Home team masks. You are out. You are listening to Glenn Clark Radio at GlennClarkRadio.com. All right, back in here on GCR from the Chesapeake Employers Insurance Studio. If you missed it this week, Stan the Fan and Ross Grimsley had a great conversation with New Orioles Hall of Famer Mike Devereaux. And then a really neat conversation Stan and Gary Stein had with uh, the great John Maroon from Maroon PR, of course, former Orioles PR guy, Cal Ripken's personal PR guy. 
about a, a new project they're launching within college athletics. You can find both those chats right now by going to facebook.com slash pressboxsports and clicking on the videos tab or find them both at pressboxonline.com. They're always brought to you by C3 American Exteriors. A couple of things quickly. Everybody's getting all worked up about some comments from uh, Juju Smith-Schuster. Jamison Hensley shared these on his Twitter account. Juju was on the Michael Irvin podcast. Said his second choice would have been the Chiefs, not the Ravens. Quote, Lamar's a really a heavy run offense with the backs that he has. I just, just point being facts. His number one target was Andrews, who's a tight end. So... You know, those of you that are all whipped up and that you can't sign a wide receiver because of the offense, you're going to say, this is proof. And that's fine. Like, you, you know, so said a million times. I, I don't, I don't, it's not that I don't acknowledge that this offense makes it more difficult to sign wide receivers. And if we tried to, if we tried to kid ourselves into thinking that winning alone would be what matters. There are plenty of examples of guys that say, yeah, winning's fun, but like particularly a guy like Juju Smith-Schuster who wants to go somewhere, put up numbers, and then go make some bank isn't doesn't feel like he can do that in Baltimore. We, we can't hide from that. Where, I, where you lose me is where you then try to draw a line between that and making this a mistake and meaning you need to completely change your offense and anything along those lines. We know what the Ravens are doing. We know it's worked. We don't know if it's going to work to win a Super Bowl or not. We can't know that. We don't know if what the Buffalo Bills are doing can work to win a Super Bowl. We don't know if any team, what they're doing, is going to work. The Green Bay Packers have had Aaron Rodgers and haven't won a Super Bowl in over a decade. We don't know if it's going to work to win a Super Bowl. We know it's working. We know it's worked to a very high level. It also happens to make it tougher to sign wide receivers, which puts greater pressure on trying to find them in other ways. They're the 32nd probably ranked destination for wide receivers in the free agent market, I would imagine. Probably. I mean, I, I don't know I how a wide it, right? receiver like, would compare Jacksonville to I think Baltimore. We know. I, I mean, Marvin, Marvin Jones didn't hesitate, right? We, like Trevor Lawrence is. But we don't know if there was anything comparable. I don't know if the Ravens had offered something comparable to Marvin Jones if he would have signed in Baltimore instead of Jacksonville. I don't I don't know, right? Like, we're, we're just – and I, I get where you're coming from. They had the 32nd-ranked pass offense, so we assume that means it's number 32. Sammy Watkins did come to Baltimore. What were the other options that he had? I can't speak to that. I don't think it was only the Ravens that were interested in Sammy Watkins' services. But, you know, it might have been just as simple as they had to offer a little bit more in order for him to overcome whatever his trepidation was. He was still kind of aware that even if he was being offered by a team that might be a better passing offense, he probably had might the have most been chance the, for Might have been the fourth option, right, right? Correct. Like, Something along those lines. I don't, I don't know. There isn't a defined answer. We can say definitively. We've got enough evidence. It's it's more difficult for the Ravens to sign wide receivers. There's there's no debating that. It's more difficult for the Ravens to sign wide receivers. Yes. Which makes it important that when you draft a wide receiver, it works out. It's why they appeared to put an emphasis on development of wide receivers with their hiring this offseason. We'll find out if that works. But you're never going to catch me on... This is proof that the offense doesn't work. I've got the proof. The only actual thing that matters 
is the winning. It works. I think it's still just the fear that the that the perceived flaws can't be overcome. It's fine. That that I I I'll keep coming out of this this notion that that means you rip it up and just try to do something differently that might not work is insane. You've got something that works. It might not. I'll give you. It might not work to win a Super Bowl. It's really hard to win Super Bowls, you guys. It's extraordinarily difficult to do. It might not work that way. But the absurdity of the reason that you don't do it being because wide receivers won't sign, I mean, get the F out of here. That it's just the dumbest concept of of all well, of the dumb things. No, but it's also I don't know if it's a pie in the sky hope or expectation or desire. But you want to have your cake and eat it too. You want them to adapt the running offense to be better suited to, you know, favor but if, receivers. But if you're so good at running the football, it's never going to make sense for you to run less. I don't know. Right, this is where the knowledge for me is: is it a volume? problem i i would think that's the, the most significant part of it also a the type of volume right like what it is that they are doing on their opportunities i i don't whether it be I, a I, what i would say is tree or anything like that it, right what's like, not going to even if in those things that you like to bring up like the hey let's make it more that that's more esoteric for the ravens for a free agent wide receiver they need to know that they're going to be able to go there and be super productive so they can make bank the next year. But I year. think those are they're they're, I, they're I don't not think they're not unrelated. Oh, for a free agent wide receiver, I I think I they're mean, completely in general, unrelated. I'm not saying for a free agent receiver, I'm saying the production of the receivers is not unrelated to what it is they're being told that There's how always going to be somewhere they're going to feel like they're going to be more productive. I'm not saying that's not the case. The, the I'm sheer, saying, but the I think sh- the Ravens offense, the fact that they're I, passing I offense I, what you're talking about might matter for the Ravens internally. I don't think it matters even an iota for a free agent wide receiver. They're not thinking about that remotely. They're thinking about where they can go to go get the ball as much as they possibly can. Where are they going to be throwing the ball a ton a ton of times? That's what they're thinking about. I hear you. I hear you. I mean, like, if there's – this is the last point I'll make. If there was a demonstrated role in the Ravens' offense – or a deep threat who's going to get seven touchdowns a year because they're taking 60 shots downfield during the course of the season. You're looking, right? like, you're looking for something so but you unbelievably get what I'm saying, right? like, specific that th- 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 that's like, just not practical, man. Come I get on. what you're saying, but the offense can still be this run-heavy offense. You, that's the part that you're talking about that matter internally is relevant. Can can you evolve the passing part of that's an, that's relevant from an internal standpoint, kind of like let's not oversell that either, like th- this notion that it so we not can't make or break we it's can't not like and we can't define it either. We just think that there should be more evolution to it. There right? are people smarter than myself who that, have criticized that what that it is share they opinions, do, right? but they're not inter- internal either. And again, what's the cost of trying something that doesn't work? And nobody wants to talk about that. Well, like, well, what they're. They're trying something right now, right? Like they didn't and it's just working. bring. No, I'm talking about with the receiving coaches. But they're doing they it specifically for development. You're no, you're trying to draw a line that that means they're doing it because they want to no, evolve the that, passing concepts. I do think that's what but it is. Where does that come from? Because it's not. You're suggesting that the Ravens' issues and deficiencies at the wide receiver position over the past few years are solely because of the development of the players, and that it's clearly an issue of. How they're running, or the their talent slants. to begin with, or any of those things. But you're, I'm positing that but, but they're acknowledging by bringing in passing game these, coordinators that's and not, all that. These guys aren't those guys. You're, you're, you're imagining what you want it to be. They brought in guys who are known for one thing, 
development. That's what they're known for. Well, one of them was hired as a passing game coordinator. Correct, but that's just because they had to give him a title. The notion that that means that he is going to be the one, or that even that if he they is, they could be saying to an extent like, "Look, you, what it is we are doing, what we are asking our receivers to do right now is capping what it is they're capable of being." Right? Like their production can only be so good. But they in didn't this bring offer. in someone with the history of play calling that was doing dynamic things with I'm their wide saying, receivers. They brought in two guys who are known specifically, one who was working as a personal wide receivers coach. Sure. They brought in two guys who are specifically known for one thing, developing players. That's what they're known for. Not for adding, you know, unbelievable wrinkles and schemes and things along those but lines. Part of that is route running, right? Like part of that is the ability and for a receiver to be able to sell and do different this, things. I'm all I'm all for that. But this this thing where you're trying to make it seem like by hiring these two guys, it's them saying we need to evolve the offense. That's not related. That might not mean that they don't think the same thing. They might be internally internally I, I thinking it. I feel they're sort of part and parcel. I, there's nothing to back that up. You're just saying that. It's acknowledging deficiency, A, to bring in the help at the position, right? And then, then it's we're acknowledging now, something incredibly specific. We need to hire guys that are better at developing wide receivers. Right, they are deficient in that department. Right, but you're you're trying to make it as though they're also acknowledging they need to change what it is that they do. And that that's not coming from any con- actual evolving. evidence. This is about evolving to me. Right. That's the same. You're just using different verbiage. Like I'm not. It's it's, it's an important distinction here. They're not going to change what it is they do, but the way they core, do it, not. how they ask their receivers to operate, the what and the extent that they're asking of them can evolve and can grow, and I think does come in hand in hand with the development the, side of things. If I'm, I'm confused on what you think you're saying. I'm not saying that T. Martin and Keith Williams. Williams are going to be the ones coming in here, taking over play design alongside Greg Roman and say, you worry about the blockers, you worry about the running backs, you worry about like Lamar, we'll worry about the receivers. That's not what I'm saying. Right. But I'm saying I think they were brought in to give their input on – What's been going on with the Ravens, why they haven't been reaching that level right, but, that they want to reach, but, but, and also how they can better... But you're saying that not based on these guys at all. Like, these guys aren't those guys. Wasn't these... T. Martin the offensive coordinator? Yes, it was not known USC? as being someone who had a, speci- a particularly fascinating or evolution-wise offense. He was not known as somebody that was going to continue in those types of roles. He was known at being a wide receiver developer. That's what he was known for. They brought in two guys who were known for developing wide receivers. Now, could they? This isn't me telling you they can't. It's me saying this is trying to draw a parallel here, trying to make that this is nonsensical because of the two hires. If they had brought in somebody who was some hot shot minded offensive coordinator it. I mean, it's not and Joe Brady I'm not saying like, I'm not I'm then not that, saying that it is that would back up the thought that they want to evolve the offense I still think this that doesn't back up that it doesn't rule it out I can still have it and attach it to hope that the wide receiver position and their roles will be less limited than they have been in years past but that's based on hope mm, or, or I mean even, it's based on extrapolation of of I think like reading tea leaves, like I but think what that tea it, leaves are you talking about? Them bringing in two you keep guys, saying that it's about these two guys. These are development guys. I you gotta sell me on what these that th- has anything to do with evolution of the offense. 
because their receivers currently run probably four to five route combinations instead of nine. So is what you're saying that you think that they can immediately develop the wide receiver so much that there are plays that they would have wanted to run in the past that now they're going to be able to run because I the receivers are more evolved? Now that there are people in the room who are specifically thinking from a receiver standpoint – well, there were people that were doing that. I get that. it. Bobby Don't. Ingram was that, and that they've always had receivers, coaches, and all of that. But this feels like they are acknowledging how bad they've been there and placing an increased importance on the receiver position, at least coaching-wise, this offseason. Now, I think with the input of T. Martin and Keith Williams, hopefully – they can be more, I don't know, firm in saying part of the problem here has been the fact that you are limiting your receivers with what it is they're running. You have guys running routes in the same space on one play to the point where the quarterback has only one or two reads to even go through. Right. right? So, like, so this is like, but th- this is why this seems absurd to me. If you think that that was the problem before, and that the people that they had were just so stupid that they didn't talk about that. That's we're 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 just saying things for own edification at this point. So then, wherein lies the problem, right? Like you're suggesting this is all user error that the players on the field are the ones making the mistakes and have to be because they're in the same area. Or I I don't think it's as simple as that. I think it's that sometimes this is we have plays that work for what we're trying to do. You don't like them as much, but they work for us for what we're trying to do. This is the frustrating part. It doesn't look good. It's not what you want it to be. It's not pretty. We think it works. Now, again, it can't work better. Sure, it doesn't mean it can't work better. And I would always encourage, I don't know that you need to bring anybody else in in order for it to work better. I, I think if we pulled out 50 plays from last year or the year before, we would look and say there was more evolution than you want to give credit for. We just speak in broad terms. I, I'm fine with we think there can constantly be evolution to an offense. I don't think that anybody's sitting back and saying that there can't be evolution in any world. I think saying something, the evidence that we have is not does not back up anything that says the Ravens know they have to completely evolve this offense. There's nothing that says that. Can it happen? Sure, of course. Could it have happened if they didn't make any changes in their coaching staff? 100%. But nothing that they've done uniquely says this is somehow proof that the Ravens feel as though this offense has to evolve. Evolve. Involve? Evolve. Nothing that's happened. Again, doesn't ignore the idea that it could doesn't ignore the idea that they think it will, right? Like they or might. That they don't think that, right? Like, or the, that's right. the on the other side. It might not mean think that at all. It might be they just genuinely believe that they needed to focus specifically on improving the play of the wide receivers they have. Could be just that. That might be the only thing they were thinking. That's the evidence would say that's the priority, but it doesn't. None of these it's things. It's all sort of. It's all, it all falls on the backdrop of an utter distrust of the organization well, at the position. I mean, that's, that, which is well-earned. I mean, it's well-earned, right? Like, they have, they have earned no matter what their offense is, no matter who is involved with it. No one, th- there is no explanation. It spans general managers, head coaches, multitude of quarterbacks, multitude of coordinators, 
everybody involved in this organization in the 25 years has been involved in that distrust. And that distrust is going to remain, understandably. That I, I don't blame anybody for the distrust. I don't blame I also don't blame you for just wanting to hope, right? Like so I always say this, we talked about this with the Orioles at the top of the show. Hoping is fine. Like I have no problem with hope. I hope that the wide receivers they have are better. I hope that Devin Duvernay is more involved. This I is hope. this is I used to hope whenever they would hire a new receiver coach, right? Mm-hmm. When Bobby Ingram was hired as a receiver coach, I hoped maybe he would be the one that would somehow get through and develop receivers the way the Ravens couldn't. Right. This offseason, the addition of two guys specifically focused but on But specifically that. thought of as development guys. I get it. Right. But it still feels like, feels like the organization is saying it's more important now. I don't, I don't get that. I don't sense that at all. I don't think that... It feels like it, less if, of we if, have jobs to fill. David of course, Cu- we need. And a that's the point. Coach. If David Cully hadn't left, I have no idea if any of these guys would be here. And and that's why again, it doesn't rule out the possibility. But connecting those dots, does they weren't firing David Cully? That wasn't happening. If David Cully hadn't gotten a head coaching job, he would be the wide receivers coach and the passing game coordinator for this team. Or at least, no, he would have been both. He would have been both those things. He was the assistant head coach. Maybe it's... He would have been that guy. They wouldn't have changed that. That wasn't changing. It only changed because it had to. Now, in hiring one, they clearly seem to be prioritizing specifically develop de- someone who is good at developing wide receivers. Which is a good thing. You know, it's, I think we're all on board with that. But I still but, think But there's... trying to draw a parallel to they knew they needed change... If it hadn't been for David Cully leaving, there wasn't going to be that change. So I'm not, I can't, there's no next jump to be made. I still think. Which doesn't preclude it from happening. I still think, and it's not as if I have the evidence, or I'll acknowledge it. I still think that the development of the wide receivers, it is, it is truly hand in hand with I think it, I what think they there's ask nothing, them to do. I think there's nothing wrong with saying it can be. I think jumping to it is. Is, is the wrong way of saying it. Can it be 100%? Can it be that if you just get more, like if if they develop wide receivers better than the last group did and they're capable of doing more things, can that open up your offense a little bit more just because you have wide receivers that are capable of doing more things? 1, or the chicken or the egg thing. Is it, yep. that, is it that Rashad Perryman was incapable of playing a complete receiver position in Baltimore, yep. or is it that he was not given the opportunity to develop the skills? And, you know, I think that is part of the Ravens' failures through the years at the position. Yeah, but that's tough, too. Like, it's we're, always we're their trying identity, to pretend, their we're identity to pretend like there's any, a certain team. Uh, there's right? a like, lot of people that are trying to pretend like there's evidence that Brashad Perriman could be a player elsewhere. There's not. We're, we're reading too much point, into a couple of games. You could insert guy here for but, Ravens drafted receiver who flamed out. And there's certainly instances where that player, through fault of their own, had you know missed opportunities and failed on their own but right. we're, but, but we're we're trying to pretend like there's some example of guys that that proved that they were something something somewhere else they're not and that doesn't mean that 
Tim Patrick's doing a pretty good job in Denver he right now. He was never. You're trying to. He was never, but it was never going to be here. It was never, ever, ever going probably, to be the Baltimore Ravens. Probably where not. That there's happened, there's right? almost no doubt. But he also never had the opportunity to. And that's still but, part of the problem, right? Like this is not the offense. This is not the organization where you're going to find these stories of a guy like staking claim to being a receiver like that. I just don't. It's not likely. No instance in that, our man. history, I don't think, where a guy came in and. And just was clearly a guy. But, and but saying somebody that was an under, it's like like it's like complaining about the Ravens not hitting on James Harrison. Like he wasn't really a Raven. Tim Patrick wasn't really a Raven. I get it. You can say about Raheem Mostert, right? Like the, they they weren't. The, the, those aren't the guys to look at. It is. I don't look the chicken or the egg discussion is it's ambig it's ambiguous and it's well, it's, it's well the answer is both no right like, like, it's, well no there's there's so much there's so much of a totality here that the answer is both it's both that they're drafting the wrong guys or they're trying to find the wrong guys and that they're not developing the drives the guys that they draft it's it's all of the above all of them and again as we talked about a couple weeks ago the part that we don't want to acknowledge is that currently they've gotten more out of a first round pick wide receiver than they've ever gotten in the history of their franchise. I still like Hollywood Brown, and I still, I still do too. But I, I still mean. think it's, it's you know, there's many conversations that you could have based off of that, whether it be him, what they did, the decision they made when they drafted him, the alternatives. There's, there's, all a, there's that, a, right? a thousand like, things there. I but still what, like what I can't Brown. change is that this offense has gotten the most out of a first round wide receiver of anything in Ravens history. There's no comparable. It's not close. This has been by far the most productive a first-round wide receiver has been, by far, in this offense. I hear you. Don't know what that means. I can't connect the dots and say it's proof that the offense could develop. If they just drafted a wide receiver in the first round every year, they'd have stud-wide receivers. I can't. I can't I mean, tell you what it means. More of it. It's 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 as much of an indictment as it is a credit to it's, Hollywood. Like, I'm not debating that either. Really, I'm really not. I it, there's absolutely something to be said for that. It's it's it you might somebody might just call it an anomaly. I don't know. It's, it's just, but it's, it's it's there. It's indicative of the problem is what it is. Don't it's disagree. not don't disagree. You know. All right. You might be thinking, "Hey, did you really just make the mayor wait for 20 minutes?" I we didn't. Uh, we had to record our con- we told you at the end of yesterday's show. We had to record our conversation with the mayor yesterday afternoon. So, we we were kind of sitting on it. Today's show brought to you by Window Nation. <sighs> Act now. Beat the rush. Window Nation will give you 50% off every style window. Bows, bays, picture and garden windows. Every style, every color. Plus get 0% interest for 18 months. 866-90NATION or windownation.com. Yeah, we had to do this uh, yesterday. Actually, it was like minutes before he threw his first pitch. So we had some fun with that. Um, and we covered some other topics. Mayor Brandon Scott with us on GCR. Well, it's a real pleasure, as always, to be joined by our next guest. We've gotten to know him over the years, but I think this is the first time that I officially address him as Mayor Brandon Scott when I'm talking to him on this show, and he joins us here on GCR. Mr. Mayor, always a pleasure, my friend. Thank you for taking a couple of minutes for us. Always, always a good be with be with you guys. Always, dude. It's really great to chat with you. All right, so uh, we we got to pull the curtain back. We had to. Re- you're actually a busy man these days, and so we had to record this yesterday afternoon before you threw the first pitch. So can mm-hmm. can I can I have some fun with you? And can we present both scenarios where the pitch went really well, and then maybe one where it didn't go quite as well, and and we have you react to both of those scenarios? You, you can, but I, I I don't believe in the scenario where it doesn't go very well. <laughs> so we say it this way: you you drilled it right down the center of the plate. How happy were you with your first pitch? 
I was pleased, very pleased with myself that, that I, I lit my uh, uh, athleticism and, and experience of holding a baseball uh, representing the city of Baltimore up against uh, the hated Dead Sox uh, carried me well. <laughs> and Okay, now quickly. Boy, it was just a couple of inches off the plate, Mayor. What happened there? They still would have swung. We still would have won. That's what, that's what it happened. How is it okay that we're letting the former mayor of Boston come down and throw this pitch with you? This, this should be your day. It you should know, be Baltimore's no, day. This is about partnership. It's the Secretary of Labor uh, for our, our president, President Biden. Uh, we know how this president and Vice President Harris uh, want to invest in cities. Uh, we know that here in Baltimore, being a city that's getting uh, an extensive amount of money from the ARP, this is about partnership and showing that we can. Uh, we can have differences around baseball. Uh, clearly, us, us being the superior organization. That's a fact. Uh, us, us being the su- superior city. But when it comes to understanding how we can improve cities and make cities better through work and through labor, this is about part. All right, I'll I will accept that. I, I'm still I'm still a little uncomfortable, but I'll accept that as being the answer. Um, Mayor, let me let me go back a little ways. Right, you're a kid growing up here. If I had told you that one day you'd be throwing the first pitch on opening day at Camden Yards as the mayor of Baltimore, and and I said that to like ten year old Brandon Scott, what would you have said then? I would have said, "Wow, man, that that is like a life life dream." Uh, growing up, when I was growing up and played in Little League, I played outfield, center field, and, and right field. So I wanted to be Brady Anderson, Mike Devereaux uh, uh, growing up, you know, Eric Davis growing up. I, I wanted to play second base like Roberto Alomar, but that was never happening for me. Uh, but to do it, uh, it's going to be a very, very great thing for me. But I'll tell you a little secret. It won't be the first time I've thrown a pitch at Camden Yard. So you know, the, the the venue won't be too big for me. I partnered with the Orioles for many years yep. hosting the yep. high school game at yep. Camden Yards and had to throw the first pitch out for that all the time. So, yeah, I mean, you're comfortable. You're, you know, you're not, there was no thought that you're not going to the, the rubber, right? Like, you're definitely going to the rubber. Well, I, that's what I want to do. Now, of course, they may have something planned out where they want to have a oh, both at the same. Oh yeah, you know, all gotta, right, all I right. Got, you know, I got, I got, I got to do that. Yeah. But, and we all know that pressure is what I love, so that won't bother me at all. All right, uh, Mayor Brandon Scott is with us on GCR. Mayor, we know that uh, you made a pitch. It's it's not going to work out. The All Star Game is going to go to Denver. Um, did did you get any feedback at all um, in, in response to that from from baseball and and are we all know that there's more complicated situation there with Masson and the Nationals, but do, do you have any feel at all for the possibility of a future All-Star game? Well, we're going to see. You know, that was something that I'll be talking with the Orioles uh, ownership and leadership about to see. Uh, we know that they did their due diligence and put forth, and we wanted to be supportive and say that as a city, as a leader of the city, that I stood by them and their, and their decision, and we're going to work uh, to see how we can bring it back. Because let's be very clear. There has not been a All-Star game and All-Star weekend uh, to the magnitude of that one at Oriole Park, yep. the, the ballpark that changed them all. There hasn't been a home run derby like the one where Kendrick Virginia hit, hit, hit the warehouse since then. And we know that MLB understands and knows that, and we need to bring it back to Baltimore. I have still not forgiven Cito Gaston all these years later for uh, the, what happened in 1993, and I never will. That's the way that's going to go. He still sucks. That's the way it is. Um, you know, when we talked to in, you, in, in the build-up to the election, I know we talked about the future of Camden Yards, and obviously it was complicated by 
um, there being a pandemic that had fell into our laps on top of everything else. Um, we get a two-year lease extension. Uh, are you comfortable and of full belief the Orioles continue to say, look, we're not going anywhere? Are you, do you continue to be comfortable with that partnership that there is no reason to fear about the future of the Baltimore Orioles? I am just as comfortable about the Orioles and their leadership wanting to be in Baltimore uh, forever uh, with the same way that I am about me being here. It's about they are part of this city. Uh, in this community, they have made it very clear to me that they have no intentions of going anywhere, and I believe them. And we're going to do everything that we can do to support them uh, as to continue to be here, but also to continue to be such a great partner, not just through baseball, but throughout the community. I know at the stadium level, that's a state issue and not a local issue. What what can you do as a, as a partner in the city? To, 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 to try to make you know, Camden Yards the, the, the location that everybody wants to come to once we get to that point where we can open it up again fully. Um, what, what can the city do, and, and what does that look like maybe for you, um, Mayor Scott, as far as trying to you know, pack crowds again into Camden Yards the way we once saw them here in Baltimore? Well, it's about, it's about me first doing what I have to do to make, make – uh, our downtown vibrant once again as we come out of this pandemic and making sure that we have things in place to make people safe and uh, that we can, we're can we doing all that. But also, from a state standpoint, it's also going to be more about advocacy, yeah. uh, supporting uh, the things that the stadium authority and folks are trying to do to make Camden Yards a destination, uh, modernizing the ballpark. This is a ballpark, again, that broke the mold. Uh, the ones built today are built off the mold of Can- uh, of Camden Yards, and what we have to do is now up that uh, up that Camden Yards into the 21st century, so that it can be that once again. We know it's uh, going to be 11,000 people for the opener, and 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 for the the, the short term. Do you have a, a sense? You know how you're feeling about the response and people getting vaccinated, and I'm sure that's been a big push for you to to try to ask more people to go do it, Mr. Mayor. But do you have a sense for when we might be able to to open that number up a little bit more? Well, we're going to work uh, with the Orioles and the health department in partnership. We know that the Orioles have set out a plan for where they want to be right now, and this is where they want to be. And as it becomes uh, safer and more people are vaccinated, et cetera. We know that they will work with our health department and do the things that they need to do. Uh, they are not uh, trying to rush back mm-hmm. in any sense because they are true partnering and understanding this pandemic. And we'll be there to support them uh, as we go throughout the, pan- the rest of this pandemic and opening it up. Do you think that we've heard a lot about full football stadiums in the fall? Do you do you think we're, we're getting too far ahead of ourselves talking that way, or could that potentially be practical? I think that I think that you know I'm always open for big ideas, right? And and having a vision. But what we have to do is make sure that we're doing what we have to do to make that a, a possibility. And we that means getting people vaccinated and doing things in it at a rate that we aren't as of yet, but that we could be, and we'll see. I think it's fair. This is where we say go get vaccinated, right? Like go, yep. you know, like let's not. When you get the opportunity to go do it, and that should be just about everybody at this point. Go get it done. Get vaccinated so that we can get on with it. Another couple minutes here with Mayor Brandon Scott, who's with us on GCR. Mr. Mayor, again, I know this is not particularly your issue, but I, I, uh, from our conversations, I know how eloquently you can speak about it. Um, the state is going to move forward, and they're going to pass the Jordan McNair Safe and Fair Play Act, and it's going to bring name image likeness to college athletes in the state of Maryland moving forward. And I know that that affects college athletes in our city and young men that come from our city 
Um, can I assume this is something that you are fully behind and that you are happy to see uh, the state is tackling to make sure that, that we allow college athletes the opportunity to profit off of their own name, image, and likeness? Absolutely. We, this is something that has long been overdue. As you think about Ed O'Bannon, you know, from UCLA back in the day where he was on the cover of the ESP, EA Sports uh, NCAA game, but he wasn't benefiting from thinking about uh, what Chris Weber said uh, to, to a reporter from Detroit when he was at, at Michigan with the Fab Five saying that they're selling the shoes that I wear uh, here in the store for $100, but I have to ask you to buy me lunch. Uh, we cannot continue to allow uh, institutions and NCAA to make hundreds of millions and, and billions, if you're talking about football, of, of dollars off of these young women and men and then having them not to make anything. This is the right thing to do. And I'm, I'm grateful that this state is stepping up and being on the forefront of this, by the way, uh, Mr. Mayor, that unfortunately we've fallen behind on a couple of things. And this one, it seems like we're, we're moving to the front of the line. And I really appreciate that a great deal. Um, you know, one of the other ones, are, are, you, are you comfortable with what you've been hearing about sports betting? And have you gotten a sense for what it's going to do for the city once that comes into play in the next few months? Well, I, I know that there was a new thing uh, introduced in the Senate. I'm still getting details and we're talking with the Senate president and folks about that. For me, it's about making sure that there's fairness and equity in it, uh, to make sure that we're not picking winners and losers. And I'm, I'm, I'm confident that the leadership in Annapolis, who have done great work this session, will be able to get it done in a way that benefits all of Maryland, but and for me in particular, for Baltimore. All right, the absolute important question, what possible argument could there be for the D.C. food scene to be anything like the Baltimore food scene. What what possible argument could there be about that? There is no possible argument. Right. I, I said what I said. I love my friend Mayor Bowser. I love my college classmate Robert White, but their food scene does not compare uh, at all. I mean, doesn't compare. And no offense, right? Like it's not saying no, I've, no I've, it's no disrespect. Now, if if I if if you're asking me if I want to go. To to a a, a a bourgeoisie brunch, then I'm gonna go to DC. But if I want to eat, I'm gonna go here. <laughs> and I've enjoyed plenty of half smokes in my day. Let's make that very clear. It's, I've made quite a few trips in my life down uh, to get a half smoke, which, which of course uh, originally started as a Baltimore thing. And and, and we're so. bringing back now, right? Like that's the point of it is that we're bringing it back. It's just it's let, time. Let's just, think, let's just think about what what our region is known for: seafood. Their seafood sucks. So we're just going to say that and be honest. <laughs> oh man, what what? Did, I, I'm assuming you've already heard back from Mayor Bowser. Uh, no, not yet. I'm expecting to hear from her once she sees it. I, I haven't gotten a, a text message with a, a gift from her yet, but I know that she will be calling. <laughs> I love that. All right, uh, Mayor Scott, we we need that. We need you to come in at some point. Uh, Rita and I do post game after every Ravens game. We gotta have you come do post game with us for a Ravens we'll game. We'll make it work when the season comes back, and you know we'll have receivers that can get open for Lamar this year. So man, we'll man, we need that. Mayor Brandon Scott, uh, really appreciate you taking the time for us as always, sir. Congratulations on the first pitch, and uh, what a, what a great time to have fans back in the stadium and to be moving forward as a city. Appreciate you doing this with us as always. Thank you, sir. Peace. Brandon Scott, mayor of Baltimore. Ironic that he said that about receivers after the conversation we just had leading into that. Um, hope he's right. I hope he's right. Don't know who it's going to be, but I hope he's right about that. 
uh, and appreciate him taking the time as, uh, you know, not not committing, obviously, to the idea that uh, we're going to have a full M&T Bank Stadium this fall. I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful. But you start looking at the calendar and you start getting that feeling of, okay, where are we going? I'm, you know, we're at that place, right? Like where everybody 16 and up can register for a vaccine. And I registered... I think the day that you everybody 16 and up was all, they announced everybody could pre-register at that point. That was the day that I registered, and it took four days for me to get the offer. Now, like I, you know, I I did click that I work sure. at college, and I do. You know what I mean? Like that, and I I probably could have got. I've said that a million times. I could have gotten vaccinated before because I work at a college. Technically, I work at two. Um, I didn't. I just didn't want to use that. I didn't want to butt ahead of everybody. That that's the way that it went. I, you know, I'm not immunocompromised. I don't have, um, you know, Kyle obviously has been dealing with the, the the sugars and and you know it's just for a little while now. Yeah, a couple couple days, right? Mm-hmm. Is, is how long you've been dealing with that? Everybody's different, right? I did not have to worry about that, so I was fine to wait. And then the moment that they said everybody's 16 and up is or eight, what, was it 16 or 18? 16 and up, right? 16 and up. I think it was 16. I went and registered and. It took me off about four days to get an email back saying, hey, you want an appointment next week? We got one for you. So I'm going next Tuesday. So at this point, no excuses. Go get vaccinated. You want full stadiums in the fall? I'm going to say this as nice as I possibly can. I don't want to get into a political conversation. I'm not here to have a, to- a discussion about how you believe things. But, like, my, my, of course, my buddy Drew Forrester was screaming in, at his website this morning about um, how he heard – that um, someone nearly got kicked out of the baseball game yesterday because they pulled their mask down to talk to their wife and they were informed they had to follow the rules or they were getting kicked out and that that was too much. And I, I mean this with all due respect. Whether you agree with it or don't agree with it, I, it's not for me to determine. Uh, I, there are people that say things like, we're outside, we're, we're already separated, what the hell, why would we still have sure. to wear masks? I, I can't speak to it. But it is their stadium. I, I can't they are the ones that make the rules I guess technically it's the city's stadium so let's be fair about that no you know what? it's the state stadium the state can can work in concert with the teams they've allowed the Orioles to make the rules you don't you don't want to do it right now is not the time for you to go I, it, it's a tough thing I, I'm not even telling you that you don't have a point you might very well have a point about being outside and being separated from people and whether or not you should have to wear a mask. And yes, is it particularly ironic that as long as you're holding a beer, you wouldn't be yelled at for not wearing your mask, while if you're not holding a beer, you would be? Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm not debating any of the merits of that with you. Not debating at all whether there's absurdity. There is, 100%. Theater of the absurd but you knew the rules going in. We can have a debate about the rules. We can we can try to have that conversation. Hey, you know, does this make sense? You can talk about that all you want. But if you're buying a ticket right now to a baseball game and you're being told if you're not actively eating or drinking, you have to wear your mask, that's the rule. And you can be mad at the, 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 the poor fella or, or lady that's yelling at you but they're being told if somebody's not wearing their mask, you got to kick them out because we might get in trouble. Have you been to a restaurant recently? I mean, they've, they've relaxed a little bit in the last couple of weeks. But if you went to a restaurant in, say, December, if you stood up 
Let's say you were sitting at your table. You dropped something. Maybe you dropped your mask. You stood up to get your mask. The moment you stood up, somebody was screaming at you. Because it's no different from anything else in my life. Well, that's a good point. Yeah. But they don't want to lose their liquor license. It's not necessarily because poor Sally cares so deeply about it. It's because she's been told by her boss that if she doesn't, she's going to get fired because they don't know if someone else is going to shut down the restaurant. And if, if you can't do that, you can't go out. I'm, I am all for a conversation about whether it makes sense. I, I understand that. But being mad at the person that's yelling at you about your mask at the baseball game right now, we got to be bigger than that. You decided you could go to the game. You decided you wanted to go to the game. That's your choice, by all means. But when you decide that, this is the rule. If you can't do that, if that's going to become problematic, if you don't want to wear a mask, if you don't think you have to, you're not going to be able to go to a game for a little while, which is okay, too. I'm mad at you. I would encourage you to go to PressBoxOnline.com and get some... It's PressBoxOnline.com slash masks, that is and get some cool masks like this if you're going to go to a game. Seems like a a cool thing to do, something that I would want to do, pressboxonline.com slash masks. But what are we screaming about? What's that? What is that? You don't want to do it, don't go to the game right now. And, you know, if you want to engage in a broader conversation about whether it makes sense, I'm willing to listen. I, I really am. I am willing to listen. This isn't even me trying to be a, you know, a, a, I don't even know what the term would be. I'm, I'm not, not bleeding heart about this particular topic. I think there is room, and it is absurd. You're not wrong that someone who has a beer, as long as you have a beer in your hand, you're okay to not wear a mask. It is, that's not based on science. You're right, 100% you're right. can't get around it. I, I can't. I can't tell you that there is any sort of scientific evidence that if you have a bee in your hand, you're less likely to transmit COVID. You're not. But these are the rules that they were set forth in agreement with the state. I actually think that Anheuser-Busch has released a study. Oh, yeah? That as long as you have a beer in your hand? Yeah. yeah, I don't think that's Pretty the case, pal. The scientific community is buzzing. I don't think, yeah, they would be. Yeah. I assure you they would be. It would be. For all the beer. And, and they'd they be buzzed, yes. In order they'd be quite buzzed. To publish it. No doubt. Um, I, I don't know what I'm really saying here other than it's not worth being mad at the poor person whose job it is to do that. You're mad at the wrong person. You're mad at the team, that's fine. Don't go to the games. Don't go. Just, you don't have to. Nobody is forcing you to go to a game right now if you don't like that policy. I, I am going to go to a game at some point. I'm thinking about next Thursday afternoon. I always like going to afternoon games. I'm thinking about going. And if I go, I'm going to wear the mask. And am I doing it because I think I need to? Not necessarily. When I go hiking on Saturday, I don't wear the mask the entire way up. Now, when we get to the top, and if there are people around, we do. We do. Not really for ourselves, out of respect, right? Like, I... I don't want people to think that we, but when we get to the top, if, if there's a bunch of people up at the top of the hill when we go hiking, pull the mask up. But on the way up the hill, no, I don't. I don't do that. 
It's not about that for me. It's about if they say I got to wear a mask to come to a baseball game, then I'll do that because I want to go to the baseball game. And it's not, it's just not that big of a deal. It's just not. It's a mask. It's okay. We'll, we'll all survive somehow, some way. Tidbit. Tidbit brought to you today by the print issue of Pressbox. Final few days. Next Wednesday. I was just given official word. Next Wednesday will be the date for the new print issue of Pressbox. One of the Orioles that we, we feel more about is on the cover. I'll just tell you. It's John Means. John Means is on the cover of the next print issue of Pressbox. It's a story about John Means and Chris Holt, really, and about the organizational philosophy in terms of pitching, how it's changed. It's an interesting story on the cover of the new issue of Pressbox. That's Wednesday, so final few days for you to get this one with Brandon Hyde on the cover. Right now, your neighborhood Royal Farms, any of the hundreds of locations around town where you find Pressbox, read it all, pressboxonline.com. Did bit of the day in MLB history. Of all teams to take the field ever, only the 2021 Baltimore Orioles managed to strike out 13-plus times in five consecutive hey man, games. man, it happens. I mean, what do you want? What do you want to say? <laughs> like, they did it. They did it. Folks. I mean, but it's it's we're conflating. There's they two did things. it, folks. They did, and there's two things going on here. The game, the game's different. I get the it. The game is drastically I'll different. I'll get to more. Spent, Take I'll, it easy, on. Chief. We spent a lot of time talking about that this week. The Let game me put is it this way. the game is drastically different, and the Orioles aren't very good. I'll it's a combination well. of both things. If you would let me continue my tidbit. I would have talked about how the game is different. Tell me more about how the game is different. No, you have any more you want to add? Well, you, if you got a statistic, you got a number to back it up. In 1991, 28 different times a team got through an entire game without striking out. Okay. Has that you happened? You have to go back to September 7th, 2017. Yikes. To find the last time a baseball team did it, and it was the 2017 Royals who well, lost in the game, and they did it 4-2. to How about that? So, stands to reason that of the top players and wins above replacement, uh, most of them are hitters. Believe it or not, Mike Trout leads baseball, which means that you can actually apply some meaning to the statistics right now. 0.8 wins above replacement, so that's good for him. Hasn't he always led in war? Hasn't Yeah, but yeah. it's normally a small sample size suggests that somebody wacky oh, would be okay, leading, but you. it's Mike Trout, baby. One of the players who has 0.7 wins above replacement, in fact, the only pitcher on this list, okay. is the pitcher who has thrown the single most pitches in all of baseball since 2018. Hmm. In every year, actually, since 2018, since 2019, since 2010, since 2021, no pitcher has thrown more pitches than this man. Since. And this guy currently has .7 wins above replacement, leading all pitchers. Um... Throwing the, throwing the most pitches. In every interval, no matter where. You've, since 2018, it's him. Since 2019, it's him. Since 2020, it's him. Since 2021, it's him. 
So like that that part makes you think it's Clayton Kershaw, but I don't think he's throwing the most pitches. It's not. Um Zach Greenkey. No. How's about Jacob DeGrom? No. The most pitches. He's a horse. He's a horse. Am I sniffing around just guessing really good pitchers? Um, no. I mean, like, I probably don't give we probably don't give him enough credit, right? Like. So it's not one of your just, you know, de facto Cy Young perennial candidates, you know? Not one of your de facto Cy Young perennial candidates. Okay, that's interesting. Uh, God, I don't, I, I mean, I have no idea if I'm going to get it now. It's, uh, it's Patrick Corbin. It's not. Better or worse? Um, I mean, shoot. I mean, I would probably on talent alone say worse. Okay. Um, and I said stuff alone, right? He's not like, nice stuff. yeah. yeah. Uh, Dylan Bundy. No, that would be funny. It would be, wouldn't it? It would be pretty hard to Kevin, imagine. Kevin Gosman. That no, would be very hard right. to imagine. Uh, Hyunjin Ryu. No. You're gonna have to, to zero in on this a little bit more. Uh, league. Um, he's played in both. He played the early part of his career in the National League before moving to the American League. The early part of his career in the National League before moving to the American League. The early part of his career in the National League before moving to the American League. Lance Lynn. That is correct. Really? Lance Lynn. Really? Has led baseball in pitches thrown. <laughs> Since twenty six, since twenty eighteen, definitely 19, don't give Lance Lynn a lot of credit. And twenty one. That's interesting. All right, that's very interesting. All right, Tubular brought to you by C three American Exteriors. Don't let the insurance industry get one over on you. Call C three American Exteriors to get roofing, siding, repairs for just the cost of your home insurance deductible. Four one zero four zero one nine seven nine seven. C three America dot com. Uh, stuff that matters as far as Tubular is concerned this weekend. The Orioles, of course, are off tonight. Uh, they are back in action tomorrow as they will continue the series with the Red Sox 7 o'clock on Masson. Garrett Richards and Bruce Zimmerman tomorrow and on Sunday afternoon it's 1 o'clock on Masson. Nick Pavetta and Jorge Lopez. Uh, the Masters today, 3 o'clock on ESPN. Tomorrow, 3 o'clock on CBS and Sunday at 2 o'clock on CBS for the Masters. I know Justin Rose lit the course on fire. I think he was coming back to earth a little bit uh, this morning. I, I don't I don't really eh, – what's, what's, let me see what's going on. Justin Rose, ooh, plus three today. So he is now uh, only leading by one stroke at the Masters. And, boy, that is a – imagine that being the leaderboard going into Sunday. Justin Rose, whoever Weisberger is. I don't I even love I genuinely don't know who that person is. Love a good is. Weisberger. Leishman. Something called Harmon and Matsuyama. Beth Harmon. I don't think it's Beth Harmon. Don't think it is. Be really interesting if it was for a lot of reasons. Um, but yeah, yeah, that's what's going on at Augusta. Um, 
college lacrosse this weekend. Tomorrow, CBS Sports Network, Army Loyola at 1. Big Ten Network Plus, Johns Hopkins, Ohio State at 11 a.m., Maryland, Michigan at 1. Towson Sports Network for Fairfield and Towson at noon, ESPN Plus for Navy, Lehigh at 4. On Sunday, AmericaEast.tv for UMBC Albany at noon. Uh, Capitals tonight against the Sabres, 7 o'clock, NBC Sports Washington Plus, Wizards Warriors, 10 o'clock on NBC Sports Washington and the rest of the country, NBA TV. Tomorrow night, Wizards Suns, 10 o'clock on NBC Sports Washington. Sunday night, NBC Sports Washington for Capitals Bruins at 7. WrestleMania, of course, this weekend, night one, tomorrow night, eight, actually both nights, 8 o'clock, Peacock, Saturday and Sunday for WrestleMania. I think that's about it for stuff that matters. Give me some non-sports highlights. SNL tomorrow night has guest host. It's just a host. Carrie Mulligan. Oh, yes, that's right. And musical guest Kid Cudi. Uh, do, 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 do. Uh, of course, Winter Soldier. Is Kid Cudi still a big deal? I mean, what do you mean by a big deal? Like, is he? do the kids care at all about Kid Cudi? I don't know. I don't Kid know Cudi. either. I was such a big Kid Cudi guy. He was good. The prayer was one of the got best. To, uh, got to hang out with him in New York. That's neat. Yeah. Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I mean, I, didn't, I, like, I, I knew very little about him personally. Like, I liked his tunes. Uh, but he was promoting a movie with Aaron Paul, and they enjoyed our interview so much that literally they walked back over and was like, hey, man, you guys should come out and hang out with us. This is <laughs> a true story. And I was just like, and by the way, I was barely watching Breaking Bad at the time. I just, we had a good time hanging out with Aaron Paul and so, Kid Cudi. So it was pretty pleasant. It was cool. It was very cool. Um, Sunday, you know, Simpsons, all that stuff and things. A new HBO show called The Nevers at 9 on Sunday. It's about something supernatural or something. I don't know. Stuff and things. Check it all out at Glenn Clark all right, Radio. Very good. Thanks today to Mayor Brandon Scott. Thanks also to Anthony Levine from the Baltimore Ravens. Incoming Terp Fats Russell. We'll get all that up in the greatest hits section of the Archives. tab at glennclarkradio.com. Pat Fryermuth is going to join oh, us. Oh, yes. The uh, the tight end from Penn State who could very well be in play for the Baltimore Ravens. Jeremy Kahn, stuff and things. I think Terry Hasseltine is going to join us on Monday as well, executive director of Maryland Sports. So we'll do all of that. Thanks to everybody at Press. Uh, don't forget, first of all, speaking of WrestleMania, our WrestleMania preview edition of Jobbing Out is available in the podcast tab, PressBoxOnline.com, or go to PressBoxOnline.com slash radio, and you'll find it that way. Um, you can also find it wherever you find your podcasts, you know, iTunes, Stitcher, Grinder, wherever they put podcasts these days. Just search for Jobbing Out. You'll find it there. Also, tomorrow morning, the bat around with our buddies Paul and Zach, 10 to noon, talking baseball. Check that out 10 to noon tomorrow in the same locations. Thanks to everybody at PressBox, all of our great sponsors and partners, the U.S. Army, Glory Days Grill, Window Nation, Royal Farms, Chesapeake Employers Insurance, ExxonMobil, K&S Automotive, C3 American Exteriors, Bradley, Nikki Bozeman Foundation, your local Toyota dealer, buyatoyota.com. Thanks to Kyle Ottenheimer, Sad Lonely Man. Follow him on Twitter, at Ottenheimer. Follow us, at Glenn Clark Radio. Have a great weekend. Go Birds, go local lacrosse teams. Duke sucks, Ohio State sucks too.